Hey, good morning to you. A happy Tuesday. It's Bruce and Judy. The calm before the storm, literally and figuratively, as uh, the weather is going to get decidedly uh, a little more, a little more iffy uh, as the week goes on, uh, starting um, uh, possibly a little later today, but uh, continuing through Thursday, mm-hmm. as we understand. It's so, just going to go on and on and on. That's the problem until. April. And two, two events, two snow events, not just one. So multiple snow events mm-hmm. headed your way. Congratulations! Get the salt ready. Get your snowblower tuned up and uh, rip and ready to go. And maybe the uh, the weather is going to be a great a, a reason to get out of plans you might have had. Oh, I couldn't possibly. You know, it's snowing outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it kind of reminds me that that uh, you know. We all come up with our own kind of excuses and um, different little ways to get out of obligations. For example, if you ask me to do something like this weekend, if I say, we'll see, oh, we'll see, there is a 100% chance it isn't happening. Yeah. Okay. We'll see says to me. 100%. No. I may even yeah. throw in a, oh, that sounds fun, you know, for decoration, but still not going to happen hmm. at at no time whatsoever. Then why, do you, why don't you just say no? Nah, you know, I just, uh, nah, we'll see. You know. But you know you're not going to go. <laughs> yeah, I already know ahead of time. It's almost I more, know before it's, you asked I like wasn't going to go. Uh, turn and the stab in the back. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, don't wait up, you know. I think honesty is the best policy. You just got to be like, nah, I'm just, I'm too tired. I don't want to. Yeah. Forget their that feelings. That doesn't sound like fun. God, that's yeah. the worst idea ever. You lost me. <laughs> I had to go out. Uh, you kind of, that's when it started to go downhill. Uh, but people come up with some pretty, I don't know, creative excuses. And maybe this is how we need to read between the lines when it comes to how do you get out of doing things? Are you. Too tired. A lot of people are too tired. Especially mm. I hear tired a lot. Yeah. You know. They wake up. I'm t- I'm too tired. Now that's a great excuse for me because yeah. I work early. That's I use it all the time. Certainly oh, too cold. Can do. Right? Yeah. I mean it is entirely oh, too yeah. cold to do almost any name the event name the activity. You know, would you like to it's too cold. You can, I mean, you let's can be say honest. that through March. Yeah. It's way too cold. Mm. I couldn't dream of it. Absolutely not. Right? You could you could play the stupid part. Or, you know, feign ignorance. I forgot. Totally forgot. Look, I didn't write it down on my calendar. I have a lot of friends who use that one. That I forgot? I never buy it. Yeah. Not a lot of friends. Like, what do you got, Alzheimer's? What's going on? No, you know what it is? Oh, I forgot. But really, I got a better offer. (sighs) Yeah. And then you see if they can up the offer? No, I don't know. I don't bother. (laughs) That's it. I know what you're up to. And I'm like, all right, we're done. You got a counter? Offer? Right. (laughs) How much beer will be there, Nick says? Uh, Help me understand the level of beer. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just go out for Miller Lite. This one is obviously yours, Bruce's. Uh, I just can't be bothered. I cannot be bothered with this. We'll see. That's what that means. Yeah, I would never say I can't be bothered. I go, eh, we'll see. Here's my favorite. I've got a headache. No. There you go. Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. Where have I heard that before? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In terms of, like, instant relief, canceling plans is like heroin. It is an amazing feeling. Yeah. Well, if you plan to do something, this Friday you're going to dinner, and you don't really want to go to dinner, there is a perverse joy 
I get. When Friday around 3 o'clock, I'm like, yeah, I'm just not going to be able to make dinner tonight. I'm just, it's not going to happen. By the way, I'm already in my robe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've got mm-hmm. flip-flop. i got my slippers on. And I go, yeah, I just can't see making it out. It's not going to go. And then you feel like this, oh, this warmth comes over you. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I force myself many times to go out. I just want to, you know, when I get off of work, I get my pajamas on around 10 a.m. And because uh, I take a nap and then I just keep them on all day. So a lot of times my excuse when people call me and ask me to do something is I already have my pajamas on. So it's why do we make PM. excuses? Why aren't we just honest and go, hey, would you like? No. Well, I didn't even get a chance to ask you. We're going to go. No. Does it involve being out or with you? Yeah. Then no. Why do we make excuses? Why don't we just tell people, yeah, that's not Because uh, it'll hurt their feelings. I mean, you got to think about other people and how they feel. And you know what? You probably could tell some people, and I believe I do. Sometimes I have good enough friends that I can say, no, that's not, that's stupid. I think I pretty much have said that. That came out of my mouth way too easily. That's stupid. Other people, I understand how precarious they are emotionally, and, you know, they are don't have a lot of... They're just not strong enough. So those people, I have to be careful. When they say, hey, do you want to go shopping? It's the last thing in the world I want to do. I would rather literally, you know, cut my hand off. Um, I have to say, oh, I, you, know, I'm, I, you know, I'm short on cash this week. That bad, huh? Washing my hair. <laughs> washing my yeah, hair. I'm wash- That's I'm washing what I want to know. Why do you, how, how hard is it for women to wash their hair? You I have know no you, idea. Nobody's get, ever washing their hair. You have no Tom, idea. It's always, it's the I heard same. That all through high school. You know, it's the same as <clears throat> I have a headache. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry, thing. Tom. I got to wash my hair. Yes, to got to wash my hair. Exactly. This is, so this is what, a six-hour project? How long does that take, roughly? I might have to do this Catholic marriage thing. You ever tie your wife in the shower? It's unreal. It's unreal. I mean, it, you know, and, and and don't even get me started on the number of products that they use. I still don't understand it entirely. You know, yeah. the researchers say that excuses, all needed. coming up with excuses can actually be beneficial if, if um, the end result is maybe a sheltered self-esteem, it lowers your anxiety and your depression. So there are, uh, you know, if, if all that to me sounds like self-care. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you, like that exactly. Is, That's why you can't just tell people. You can't just be blunt and tell people because you got to think about that too. Some people can't handle it. You need to, you know, lie. But for, but that's the thing. They're saying for an excuse to be good, for a good excuse, there needs to be some credibility in it. Do you know what I mean? It can't just be a flat out. Lie. I'm I'm having a liver transplant this weekend. I can't possibly. <laughs> like you, you gotta you gotta keep it in the realm of possibility out there. I'm loading the tractor this weekend. <laughs> oh, Nick, we could get out yeah, of it. Exactly. It's like oh, I got <laughs> I got things. To, you know, there's peat moss or something. I don't know what you guys it do. Involves on the peat yeah. moss yeah. and a tractor. Well, that sounds totally spread manure. Oh, yeah, there we go. Hey, totally Glenn true. in Evanston. Glenn, what did you? So I'm gonna. I mean, let, let's play a scenario out, Glenn. Hey, Glenn. Hey, good morning. We're having a, we're having a get together on Saturday. Would you like to come? Um, hey, who's all going to be over there? <laughs> <laughs> so you want to know kind of what mm-hmm. the guest list is before you you even uh, agree to it? Is that because there are certain people you're trying to avoid, or there's a certain class of people you want to be involved in? Keep going. 
Okay, all right. I'm right, just going to see. So, you're, yeah. the, you're the friend who gives me the excuse because they have a better Got a better, option. yeah, got a better yeah. Well, who's going to be there? Offer, right? you're, yeah. you're I might have a better to, class of friends yeah. going over here. You're, you're saying to yourself, eh, I don't know, that doesn't sound like fun. They're kind of boring. Hey, 10 go. points for Judy. 10 points. Thank Good you, job, Glenn. Yeah. All right, yeah. And they're done that. So, yeah. Who's, he says, nine times out of 10, who's going to be there? How many times does someone say that to you? Who when people say coming? that to me, I'm like, you're off the list. You don't, you're not, you don't get to come. Because you yeah. know that's what they're doing. Now, here's an excuse I can never, ever use. I'm not drinking right now. Oh. <laughs> what was it called? Dry January? Yeah. Dry people, January, so yeah. it's February now, yeah. so people Over are now. liquored up. They started like at midnight, right? They're, yeah. I'm getting, I yeah. think there's a drunk guy out there right now. It probably Just. is. <laughs> it's, it, I like that. Who's going to be there? I, I, I had a friend and uh, a, f- a fantastic guy, Charlie. And Charlie used to call you and invite you to dinner. Hey, bud. What's going on? You want to come out? We're going to have a dinner. Oh, cool. Where are we having dinner? Um, here's the restaurant. This, that, and the other. What time? About 7.30. Okay, great. And you would think you're going to dinner with your buddy, Charlie, right? You'd show up. There are 30 people. At dinner. There are people. After, there's a line to get in the restaurant. I go, are we all here for Charlie's dinner? Is this house this work? There'd be a huge banquet table. And I used to love it because I never knew who would be at these things. That's awesome. But I got to the thing. It took about the third or fourth time when I went, I'm not actually just having dinner with him. I'm going to a party. He just mm-hmm. calls it, would you like to come to dinner with me? Right. It's like it's one of those thing. classical things where you bring just all of the interesting people and they all meet up in one place and they exchange ideas and thoughts. And I stories. wish I could tell you that was what was no. going on. You know, <laughs> well, see, I was at the end of the table with the bread and butter. Like, could you guys bring more bread? This yeah. is fantastic. There's your opportunity for that's for the perfect line. Well, who's going to be there? Who's going to be there? Everybody would be the answer. Absolutely everybody. Hey, good morning to you. A happy Tuesday. It's Bruce and Judy. We got uh, producer Tom mouth over there um also you know i gotta tell you growing up um little did i know that uh, uh my brother and i were on the cutting edge of combat sports um while we knew nothing about the ufc or anything we used to take a mattress and place it on the ground that was the ring okay it's probably a queen I'm going to go with. And then we would take pillows. And we would have pillow fights complete with three-minute rounds. <laughs> Our friends would time it out. And they're bing. And then you go. And we would pummel each other to the point that I had my favorite pillow, which was a feather pillow. Follow me on this. Where the more you hit him, my brother, that is. The more the feathers got all scrunched at the bottom of the pillow, and it was like almost as yeah. hard as a rock. Yeah. To one time, my brother was in the tuck position as I was pummeling him, going for the TKO, and uh, he didn't defend himself properly. I came with the uppercut with the pillow, hit him on the bottom of the chin, and knocked him out. Boom! First KO in the world of a professional pillow fighting, as far as I was concerned, all right? As I danced about the ring, the queen-size bed, uh, and cheered, my brother came uh, to a few minutes later, and uh, uh, I was the champion. And we didn't have many pillow fights after that because he didn't like to play. His problem. You know, pillows, they can hurt you. They can knock you out. I'm sure um, 
guys know about all the you know pillow fights girls have, and it's not a sexual not thing at all. But yeah, we had a lot of pillow fights. I don't know why, but we would just jump on the bed. We wouldn't bother taking the mattress off. But my sister and I had quite a few, and someone always ended up crying. Of course. Okay, or usually you know me, it was, it was always That's me. Good. Yeah, she was we, older. We know we got a winner. Yeah, no, but. it wasn't. At some point, it, it, it evolved into a fist fight because, it, you know, you hurt someone, you hit him upside the head. So oh. it's not like it's just this innocent... Um, no, it was the idea. Uh, I guess we can call it a sport. Going for chaos. So apparently now, they have taken the concept of pillow fighting, and like I said, you know, it's it's it's... They have, there's too many sports channels these days and not enough sports on them. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world of professional pillow fighting. She has to keep it cool. Nunez is like a fierce. She's like a bolt. She's like a pit bull. She's going to keep swinging. She's a fighter, for goodness sake. Kendall's giving the back. Don't want to do that. <laughs> the PFC. Uh, wait, was that a pillow fight? Pillow fight yeah. championships. Okay, yes. Can they do something else besides hit with a pillow? Like no. kick or... Oh, my goodness. They just go at it with the pillows. And, yeah, it's like it's in a boxing ring, like you would think, right? There's a referee. I'm sorry. Is it their pillow from their bed? I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure there's like, there is like, uh, what do you want to call Regulation it? Regulation pillows? Well, there are like with the with boxing gloves, you know, like yeah. before the match, oh, sure. inspect the gloves. Yeah. I'm sure you have like inspect the pillow. They're going to have assuming. stores now, regulation pillow stores. <sighs> Walking to Dick's Sporting Goods. Yeah, oh can I get the professional my, yeah. pillows, please? And you're going to say, like, can I get the feather pillow I hear? No, those are not oh, regulation. It is fantastic. Unlicensed pillow fighting. <laughs> Did you know <laughs> the CEO of the uh, Pillow Fight Championship, the PFC, uh, one Steve Williams uh, claims, it, and, and by the way, since he said it, I'm going with it's true, pillow fighting is an ancient sport. Cavemen did it with stuff filled goat with hay how does he know that i haven't the foggiest yeah, idea but it sounds like something that can somewhere? happen there's pictures of them having pillow fights with the well, now think about a goat stuffed with hay is that i'm he is, hit me with a goat, goat yeah stuffed with hay <laughs> were those the original pillows well, that's a lovely <laughs> pillow you have there that's my goat yeah. okay careful I mean, goats aren't very soft right They're i good. don't know When's the last time you cuddled a goat? I, yeah, exactly. I never oh, I think I have goat some, goat. some of these professional pillow fighters, uh, they, well, they're fighting for money, so they're professional. Uh, some of the professional pillow fighters are also uh, MMA uh, uh, professionals in other discipline, jujitsu, you know, things like that. And then they just take that skill, put a pillowcase in their hand, and proceed to beat the loving bejesus out of one another in the ring. Yeah, if you see this, I mean, there. I wouldn't want to get hit by even by with a pillow by one of these, you know, athletes. They're big, strong dudes. Yeah, yeah. and girls too. They're they have muscles. They're like walloping each other. No, oh, I don't. I don't want fantastic. any part of that. There's a good walloping going on. Let's get Ronda Rousey it's, in the ring. Oh, well, don't so give her the I, reason. If that, let's say that became an Olympic sport. I mean, what would you do it to a knockout? Olympic pillow fight. Could yes. you actually knock someone out? I knocked my brother out. Why can't they knock each other out? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Uh, it's on pay-per-view. <laughs> Do you, does does Mike Lindell currently? I mean, he's uh, like he official pillow sponsor. If he hasn't <laughs> figured this oh, out goodness. yet, 
Oh. My pillow can knock you out your brother. You have the sponsor on your pillowcase. It says my pillow, and you're beating the bejesus <laughs> out of them with your my pillow. Yeah. Oh my oh, gosh! Can you imagine? There is an opportunity be, be like there. Cheating people will stuff their pillows with you know. Yeah, rocks. that's the thing. You got to go, oh, and you yeah. have to just like with your gloves. We're gonna have to have an inspection before the match. Let me see your pillow. All right, meet in the beginning. Touch pillows. Yeah, Bing! it's like a sock full of nickels back. Oh. <laughs> It's just so funny because you have to have a pillowcase to hold it, I guess. It's, which just makes yeah. it all the more funny to me. The pillowcase. The pillowcase. I, 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 Great sponsorship opportunity. I mean, come on. I, you uh, can't help but laugh. There's, no one's going to take this seriously. Maybe a regulation thread count. Mm-hmm. Bowling Branch has got that Egyptian covered. Egyptian oh. sheets only. Yeah. They, well, I guess anything to bet on, right? It'll become a Oh, I'm, I'd fully bet. I'd bet for the first <laughs> time in my life. I've never laid a bet on... I think I put $2 on a, on a horse once when I was 15. But I would, you would absolutely bet. On the bet. Oh, fight. my God, yes. I'd become the biggest pillow-fighting fan of all time. <laughs> I'd be watching every match. I'd, be, I'd, oh I'd ignore gosh. my kids. I'd be like, sorry, can't make it to your soccer game today. So, PFC's on. PFC. The PFC? Yeah, the pillow-fighting championships. <laughs> I got a. I got, it's on pay per view. I, I spent twenty nine ninety nine to watch people beat each other now, up with. Uh, are they wearing pajamas during these fights? <laughs> you what's, what's the do. You don't have yeah. to, but I'm going to give you extra points if you oh do. Oh my gosh! I'm going to. I'm going to say there ought to be some style points that go yeah. into this as well. Uh, and you, and again, the sponsorship opportunities on the yeah. pillowcase. You got to believe there's the got to be pajamas. You know, on your PJs. So. Um, yeah, so check this out. You're familiar with the pentathlon, right? In the Olympics? No. <laughs> the, what? the one with the guns? <laughs> I don't even know, like, which sport they is. that horses? We don't even know what it is. I think there are horses. So, horses is one of them. Okay. But they're talking about getting rid of the horse part of the pentathlon. So the International Modern Pentathlon Unit, uh, Union, the UIPM, <clears throat> has been coming up with potential sports to replace the horsey part of the pentathlon and drone racing mm. and pillow fighting have been suggested <laughs> as potential <laughs> Olympic replacements. Finally, something I can do, you know. Oh, there, you can start training. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Makes it on myself. Unreal. As the Olympics gets a little bit closer and starts here in just a couple of days, uh, there also been some other weird things that they've talked about, including in the Olympic the rope climb. Remember that in high school? Do you have the mm -hmm. rope hanging yeah, from the yeah, ceiling? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, it's hard. Live pigeon shooting. Although I'm sure there's like a <laughs> pigeon union that's not going to be good with that. Okay, who wants to see that? I mean, it's tug of terrible. War? So I, tug, tug of war, of war I would to do me, that. is a... I'm just saying. You have to have a lot of athletic ability. And tug, tug of war, war, the strategy that goes into that. that. Well, after mm. watching... Uh, um, um, why am I flanking? South Korean TV show? Squid Game. Oh, Squid, Squid yeah, Game. Yeah. Tug okay. of War means something completely different <laughs> to me, right? Oh, my God. I think that, uh, yeah, that, that has really come into it. Hey, that doesn't mean there isn't time for our criminal... Of the day, though. Uh, and I got to give a shout out to Brandon Smith of Fort Pierce, Florida, who escalated a disagreement over his puppy into an assault with a deadly noodle. Allegedly, Smith woke up and instead of reaching for some coffee, started a pot of ramen noodles, the breakfast of champions. Yeah. While waiting for the pot to boil, Smith became engaged in dispute over a dog with his lady friend, 
According to police, the quarrel centered around whether or not the dog should be allowed on the bed, although it's unclear if Mr. Smith was pro or con doggy on bed. As the war of words increased, Brandon took his bowl of noodles and threw them at the woman, striking her with the delicious soup. Undeterred by the noodle assault, the fight continued until Mr. Smith threw the pot at the woman, striking her on the back. Cops were called, and when questioned, Mr. Smith claimed his friend girl was, quote, chasing the dog around the house when she fell atop the ramen noodles on the stove. Seriously? That's the best you could come up with? <laughs> Smith was arrested for domestic battery with noodles and booked into the St. Lucie County Jail. So, for assault with a non-deadly ramen noodle, you, Brandon Smith, are the Bird St. James Show criminal today. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are. All right? How do you start every day? Is it a check of your emails? Do you immediately go to your phone? Are you turning on WLS? Huh? How do you start your day? It's coming up next on 890 WLS. Hey, good morning to you and a happy Tuesday. We jump into the 6 o'clock hour. Take a look at the big stories, including the winter storm warning. It is coming. Something wicked this way comes. Expecting rain followed by snow. <laughs> Lots of snow headed our way, Judy. And uh, we do have another new COVID variant. A new variant, actually, of the Omnivariant. That's what we're calling it, the Omicron, uh, and uh, first uh, case there at the uh, Northwestern University. I'm going to call it. The, I'm sorry, Northwestern Medical. I'm going to call it the Pokemon. Let's oh go gosh, with that, right? Pokemon, we should do yeah. that. Well, you 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 can't give a guy uh, uh, not enough credit. The new Bears general manager Ryan Poles. He's out front. He's confident. He says the Bears are going to take the North and never give it back. Okay. Them's fighting words. Yeah. Okay, apparently he hasn't met uh, a team called the Packers, Don't. but okay. Don't. Come on, give him some credit for being confident in this, right? How do you start your day? What is your? Do you have a morning routine? I think a lot of people do. You got to have a routine, got to get going. You get up, you start a coffee or whatever. I know plenty of people that the first thing they do, like the alarm clock goes off, and they check their phone. Sometimes because, like me, my alarm clock is my phone. I have to pick the phone up to turn the alarm off. Do you, do you know what I mean? Oh, and then I, since I, I, I have can it, just lean over now and I know exactly where that snooze yeah, button is. And since I have it, I can then go, oh, let's see what I got over now. I got some updates. What news happened? Oh, look, I got an email. And you kind of start your day that way. And I don't know if that's always the best thing to do. I would say no, and I think the experts say no. Don't start your day with your electronics. As a matter of fact, uh, they say wait till after breakfast to do that. So if you don't eat breakfast, where do you go from there? Mm, That's well, going to be first a little problem thing. Because yeah. you should eat breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day. I've it heard. is, and I haven't I, eaten I, breakfast I since tenth grade. Mm, you don't well, eat breakfast. Stop eating breakfast around the tenth grade, eleventh grade, maybe. He's a growing boy. What is this? Yeah, I don't yeah. eat breakfast. breakfast. No. Come on. I don't eat cereal. I don't eat pancakes. I don't, I don't even eat. like a hard-boiled egg? No. Pop-tart? No. But do you like no. to go out to breakfast? Not Everyone particularly. Everyone to go out to breakfast. No. Hmm. Interesting. No. I'm not a fan of breakfast food. I eat breakfast every day now. I, I didn't used to for a long time, and I feel so much better. And it's true. It, it makes you not as hungry, so you're not snacking throughout the day. Yeah. But that's really not the first thing I do. The first thing I do when I get out of bed... Every single day is make my bed. 
Oh. Right? Does everyone do that? Right? You guys do that? <laughs> no. uh, I, don't, I don't understand people who don't make their bed. When I change the sheets on the bed, I don't make the bed. Ew. Oh, Bruce. I want to get in a bed that's made. How yeah. can, isn't it icky getting in a bed every night that's not icky? made? Icky. No. Covers are all over. Your oh, pillows. my God. It's, it, it, the Icky. covers are disheveled. No, 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 no. You want to get in a bed that looks like it's been made up by, you know, a hotel. That's how mine is. Well, if they want I somebody to come in and make it every day, they can have I it. I take a quarter at the end, and I bounce it on top, and boom. Look at you. Okay, maybe I don't I, <laughs> I have never made the bed. Mm. No. I would Do you make, make it bed. when company comes over? Is that That's what no. we do it. Hmm. What about what happens if they have to like? I don't believe because bed? I don't believe. I don't believe that people come over to visit, and it's some sort of a, a, a an inspection. Like I don't think my friends come over to visit, and the first thing they do is like look underneath the <laughs> sink and see if my if my cleaning yeah. things are, are or or they got a white glove out and they're checking along the the baseboards and go oh. Somebody didn't dust before I came over. Like, I, and by the way, if they're like that, I'm gonna go. You're gonna. I guess would only be described as bad news for you. It's only gonna go downhill from here. Well, you it's uh, if you're having like say a dinner party and your bedroom door's open and your bed's all disheveled. Yeah, I yeah. sleep in that. Close the door. I think, I think yeah. if you're having a dinner party, <laughs> yeah, either close the door or make your bed. Yeah, I just close the door. Are you kind of like easy. a? Are you like a cat where you you know mess around a little bit? You get on top, you. <laughs> Make biscuits on the bed and make the biscuit. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, curl yeah, up on yeah. the bed. Not so much. No, but it's a it's a great visual. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, that's not. I just uh, yeah, I'm not a make the bed person. Yeah, so I make it my bed. It strikes me as just kind of a waste of time because we're just going to unmake it again. Yeah, I well, I make the bed so that it's like the best feeling when I get in my bed every day. Yeah, yeah I'm not the first thing really I'm going not. to the bathroom. I mean, really, when you get older, you oh, can't well, hold it yeah, anymore. Sometimes that's the very first thing, isn't it? Sometimes, but sometimes I just want to get the bed made first, and then I. So that makes me wow. Quicker. So you're doing a potty yeah. dance while I do, you're right. making hurry, and then hurry, I make hurry, 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 hurry. So quick, <laughs> and don't forget, I just said that I take a nap every day, so I go home. You have to make the bed twice. Make it twice. <laughs> now, now, twice more than me. Okay, I will Come admit, on. if I take a nap. I, when I get up that time, I won't make it as well as I made Spend it. Spend half time. your life making your bed. <laughs> it's so easy. You just throw the blanket over it. It's That's not right. that I don't even blanket. do that. Oh, it's not that I'm, hard. It I'm, literally takes 30 seconds. I've got yin and yang here. You yeah. know, chaos and order somewhere yeah. mixed in. I don't know yeah. what this is. I don't. I try not to waste time on things that don't matter. I think most people so make, make their coffee, bed. So I make coffee because that matters. <laughs> you know, little little caffeine. I take a shower in the morning because that matters. Yeah, but I don't waste time, effort. Like, I don't need to eat, so I don't eat. Like, and if I do, like, I have, like, a, a protein bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, my idea of breakfast, if, if I have breakfast, it has to be done while walking. Whatever it is, you have to do it while in motion. Like, I try not to stop. And once I get up, and I'm one of those people, and I get up, I'm up. Oh, I don't snooze. Me. I don't lay around. I mean, neat, neat, neat. My feet touch the floor and I'm moving. Let's go. You, Let's hear, go. you hear that sound in my bedroom three times. Oh, yeah. Snooze, oh, snooze, I don't snooze. snooze at all. I know. I just, I'm just freaking faking myself out, right? Because I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. It's, I, I get 10 more minutes. I get 10 more minutes. But should you start your day with maybe some, some daily affirmations, right? A little bit of a pep talk to yourself. You know what? I think this is the best show I've ever done. <laughs> and you know what? I deserve it. Because 
I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and, and doggone, doggone it, it, people like me. There you go, <laughs> right? I've seen people that actually, like, they'll write things on, like, their mirror. Yeah. You, you, you know, uh, in, the, in the bathroom, like the affirmations and, yeah, it's like giving yourself a pep talk in the morning, right? Mm. I like to say to myself, "Don't screw this up. <laughs> Don't screw this Just up." Write that in in uh, in, in, in your uh, uh, fiance's lipstick. Yeah, lipstick. Don't yeah. screw this and up. And then red rum five hundred times. Red rum. Red rum. Well, I didn't. I never knew this. You can drink some lemon water, packed mm. with nutrients. Yeah, no. No lemon yeah. water for you. No. Not even a Perrier. No. <laughs> All righty. You can exercise in the morning. God forbid. Although, you know what? They do suggest, and I never do this. I don't. I just don't think of it stretching. You should, at the very least, stretch. Get all the kinks out. You, we talk about exercising. Maybe stretch and I, over, make your bed. And there might be some people doing this right now. But I really believe that starting your day off with a morning run is a great way to make sure your day can't get any worse than it started. Yeah. You know, I mean, just, <laughs> it's all downhill from here. That's my belief on it. There's no but, how about this run. one? Do the dishes. No. Should have done it the night before. Do. There you go. And wash Should have made the bed the night before. Well. <laughs> Make your bed the night before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not making the bed. Not going to do Here's it. Here's a pro tip, by the way. You can Ready? save time by stretching in the shower. There you go. Get it all oh, out. Oh, that awesome. way you're cut your toes. At the same time. And, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Hey, good morning. It's uh, Bruce and Judy, and a happy Tuesday to you. The headline reads, more than one million fewer students are in college. Is that necessarily a bad thing? In what is it being driven by? Now, we certainly know that uh, the pando has upended whatever we call education. Whether you're a kindergartner or grad student, um, school has changed for a lot of people. So I think I can, I can acknowledge that maybe out of that million people who are no longer in college, some of that must be driven by they just didn't want to do it remotely. Uh, they're taking a gap decade uh you know until things get back to some sort of normalcy where they they can maybe they want to be back on campus they don't want to do it remotely for example they don't want to pay the full freight and sit at home on a computer i can understand that right or there could be a uh, uh sway lately because it's been in decline for apparently for years um yeah. enrollment so we could say that in the pandemic maybe gave it the last little boost it needed the Kids just Straw are thinking, that broke the camel's Yeah, they're back. just saying, you know what? Now it's it seems to be a little bit more acceptable, even maybe if you don't go to college. Some people just, you know, there was a time I feel like just in the recent past where you know everyone had to go to college, right? What are you going to do? We got to go. To, everyone's going to college, yeah. even if you don't want to go. Everyone's going. You got to yep. go to college. I think it was I, a I horrible message to send to people, right? I don't think that's true these days, and I think COVID really gave a lot of people that incentive to say, no, I don't have to go to college i can work or i can go to a trade school and i was going to say or maybe community college for two years but that enrollment's down as well yeah what are what are the problems i think you run into is play along with me on this and these numbers are about two years old and that's probably a little more normalcy right the number of freshmen college freshmen you've enrolled you're there who actually graduate is about 63%. Don't make me do the math because I didn't graduate. But that means almost 40% don't graduate. But 
Many of them still have college debt. Oh, yeah. If you don't graduate, they don't forgive the money you wasted on your freshman, sophomore, junior, whatever, however many years you did go, which just adds insult to injury. Now you are still not a college grad, Mm -hmm. but you're paying like you were. Uh, Yeah, and I think that bolsters my argument that... College is not for everyone. Shouldn't go. I I tell people that all the time. Shocked when I saw those numbers because when my kids were looking at colleges, I did look at that retention number. So you seem shocked. I mean, that's for a lot of colleges. I was so surprised when I, you know, at the Big Tens saw, you know, 60, 70%. I'm like, wow, that's not very good. Yeah. But that's the way it is because, like, like we said, people just go to college to go to college. Right. And, you know what, what, I, well, and, and I got conned into it. I didn't want to go. I remember, like, my whole life growing up, I was told, like, the 12th grade was the checkered flag. That was the finish line. And then my mom and dad said, well, now you have to go to college. I go, what? You guys lied to me. There's a 13th grade? Are you kidding me? I did my 12. This is a sentence. I don't want to go anymore. And they, I, I went for three years to college. I didn't want to go, so I just didn't really do class and stuff. I Wait. went and had a good time, but I, I didn't go because didn't all I, your th- friends go though. Were yeah, it's kind of where you went. Yeah, you just, just kind of hung yeah, out. And I was in a fraternity, I'm and sure you know, it wasn't hard to go because yeah. everyone you knew was going. Yeah. So why not? You know, Which I had a place to park. I, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I showed up at classes I cared about. Didn't show up at the ones I didn't care about. Yeah. I was like, people, what are you studying? I don't know. Kind of whatever interests me at any given moment. You know, do you want to get a degree? Not really. <laughs> I have no desire. This None of this interests me long enough. Yeah. And I was like, but you had to go. It's what you were told to do. Well, everybody else is going. It's kind of like, the, well, if everybody else jumps off a building, are you going to jump off? That's funny. Um, I have the exact opposite story. When I informed my parents and my family that I was going to college, they all laughed and said, why? Why you don't need to go? Just get go get a job, get married, and you're done. Get married. And I said, no. I was the first girl in my extended family to go to college, hmm. and nobody cared. Nobody was like, well, okay, if you want to go, go. Good luck. No help, nothing. And it wasn't that they didn't want to. It just was foreign to them. Mm-hmm. You know, like my dad's first generation to America. So it. It's like, well, no, just get a job. And I, it's not like I didn't work the whole time either. I, I always worked, but I mean, I knew I wanted to go to college. So for my kids, same thing. It was, they didn't even say, well, and had my kids said to me, I don't really want to go to college, I would have thought about that long and hard. But it never came up, thank goodness. It was, we were all on the same I page. had a full-time job my freshman year. What were you doing? In radio. Oh, really? I've no, I have cool. no marketable skills. I, I have no. I have no fallback plan. I was working in radio as a freshman in full in college. time. Full time. I was doing overnight. Going to college. Yeah. Well, there's the skipping classes wow. part. Yeah, well, let's not forget that. Going to college. You didn't do well. I went to a lot of fraternity parties. I was in student government. Uh, I, you know, I was involved in a variety of things, but. Like math class? Yeah, not so much. I was like, mm, no thanks. And I remember, my, so my dad was friends with the dean of students. Because my dad had gone to the University of Arizona. For, <laughs> now yeah, it's yeah. all making sense. Uh, yeah. And so I remember being called in, Bruce. Yeah. Um, and so, like, and it wasn't even a bad thing because I knew him. I'd met him at the house and stuff. Um, we need to talk about some of these grades. Yeah, which ones do you want to talk about? Uh, you know, your, your math scores are not keeping up and you might have to go on double secret probation or whatever it is like that. And I go, I'm, I got a question for you. I go, do you guys have like a good accounting 
like classes in school here? He goes, yeah, we really do. I go, good, because I'm going to hire them to do my math anyway. So why don't we just skip to the chase, okay? Because I'm not doing the math part. And he goes, well, then you're not going to be able to take these advanced. I go, just let me know when I've run out of classes I can take, and I'll leave. Wait, no hard feelings, none whatsoever. I go, but you, the idea that you're going to force me to go to classes, I have to pay to go to classes that I have absolutely zero interest in? You've lost your mind. Yeah, I was like that when I was 17. So maybe you should have tried like Polish literature or something. <laughs> I really Greek that. mythology Greek was mythology, my favorite. That's cool. Oh, I took every Greek myth, Greek lit class they had. I loved it. Who knows? And by the way, I would never take a math, unless you're a math major. No, but so That's we all, said. What the we, hell all need took, math we all for? took statistics because yeah. we had to take had to one. Take statistics. So we took, st- and oh, I, I still, oh. I failed college geometry two or three times. I can't remember how many times. Oh, I finally went. I'm just, it. I go, my only other option is I'm going to pay somebody to take it for me. I go, but I'm not showing up in that classroom ever again. Let's get that straight. And a good morning, a happy Lunar New Year to you. It's Bruce and Judy. I, okay, so. I don't, I don't, what I don't know about Lunar New Year might fill a large room. Like, Lunar New Year is not necessarily Chinese New Year. Do you know what I'm saying? I was just going to ask, is it Chinese? The, 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 well, there's other countries that use the is it a lunar holiday? calendar. What is it? I don't, I think there's, what do they call it? Fe, a festive day? It's, oh. It has a name. Yeah. Hmm. So, there you have it. Well, so, apparently it is the same. Uh, Chinese New Year. And right, Lunar but they're Year. not only okay. Chinese. Oh, yeah, no. That yeah, was my Lunar point. New, yeah, absolutely. There's other countries and other things that celebrate Lunar so New Year. this is their New Year, like right. we had New Year's. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I just think it's an excuse to eat Chinese food today. Mm-hmm. Right. So you say, gong hei pak choy? Yeah. But if you're, you're in India, it's New Year also. And I don't think they call it Chinese New Year in oh, India. No. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm like, they're not like, it's Chinese New Year. No, it's, it's Indian New Year for God's sake. Okay. So Lunar New Year. Happy Lunar, Lunar New Year. Year. Uh, we know that it's going to be really darn cold. And that might be an understatement. And we're going to have tons of snow headed our way. And maybe that's why some of you might be getting a little more concerned about what your gas bill is going to look like or, or even has looked like as you're using more and more energy and the the prices continue to to creep up on you just like everything else i mean you know when's the last time you heard about like gas and oil prices going down right my heating bill doubled 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 last month everyone i talked to it's not just me of course at first i did think it was and then i had to call but yeah i have nicor it doubled You know, Mine is up to three hundred. My got got my bill yesterday three hundred and eighty one dollars. That's more than doubled. What? Yeah. Yeah. And you have kind of a big rambling house there, right, uh, Nick? I have a and really, an old house. Yeah. I yeah, an old house. I have a small, small house. I am. Sh- I called because to say I'm sorry. Do you, let me give you the square footage of my house. How? It's not, has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the way they buy. The, you know, <laughs> Judy's the, like, I need to speak to a manager. <laughs> right. And someone who knows square footage. I need your superior on there. Oh. Hey, joining us right now is Jim Chilson. And uh, Jim is the communications director at Citizens Utility Board. Good morning to you, Jim. Good morning. I'm happy guessing, New Year. Happy, 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 happy Lunar, Lunar New Year to you. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing you probably hear from a lot of uh, uh, consumers uh, out there about the, the price of gas and the price of energy just continuing to creep up, right? Yeah, our consumer advocacy department is great, and they have been just handling one call after another from people saying, what the heck is wrong with my gas bill? So it's been a very difficult winter for people. I bet. 
Yeah, Jim, you and I go back a long way, so you know. Hey, Judy. You know I don't let this pass. We're just you know laughing about me calling them. But I mean, I, I we know it's the way they buy the gas, right? They're they're yeah. supposed to be very frugal in how they get the gas and you know how much they buy it months ago, so that this doesn't happen. Yeah, they're right, and there are two two big reasons for the gas bills skyrocketing uh, this winter. Is number one is just what like you said is the prices are um, through the roof. And they've been through the roof since, honestly, since last uh, March. Uh, last March and uh, February, uh, they've been through the roof. But there's another reason, too, and that is overly aggressive utility spending. See, the utilities don't make a profit off the price of gas that you were talking about, Judy, but they do make a profit off delivery charges. And those delivery charges have been going through the roof in recent years. And we would argue, we held a news conference about it, yesterday is because it's uh, overly aggressive, ridiculously aggressive utility spending. Uh, and so we're trying to pass legislation in Springfield to, to get a surcharge taken off the bill, which right now for people's gas customers is about an on average 1354 a month. I actually talked with a, a person yesterday who was paying nearly $17 a month. So it's, it's two big reasons is the, the supply prices for years, the supply prices have been low and that camouflaged the aggressive mm-hmm. utility spending. Now, we don't have that this winter. The prices are high, and also utility spending is high, and that's causing bills to go through the roof. So we've got a big problem for consumers. This He's uh, Jim Chelson, Communications Director at Citizens Utility Board. What constitutes the delivery charge? What, 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 what yeah. all is included in that when you say that? Yeah, good question. So the supply is, is, is about uh, a half to two-thirds of your bill. And that's the price. The utility, just whatever they pay on the market, they pass on to customers. The delivery is like the monthly customer charge. And then there's a smaller per therm. You know, therm is how we measure gas on the gas bills. It's a per therm distribution charge. So the two main charges are this uh, customer charge and the per therm distribution charge. And it's about 30 bucks for people's gas customers, that customer charge. Plus, you add on that quip charge which the legislature let uh, the major gas utilities do. And that adds another for people's gas customers on average about 1354 a month. So that adds up. I mean, before you're, you know, you're paying nearly some people, we're seeing people paying about, you know, $50 a month or close to $50 a month or over $40 a month for um, gas service before they even use that. That's not even counting the therms they use. That's just to have the gas service. So, you know, we've got a real problem on our hands. The utilities really need to step to the plate, and, and we really want the General Assembly, too, to, mm. to pass uh, legislation to get rid of this. It's called the Qualifying Infrastructure Plant Surcharge. It's a QIP charge, Q-I-P, and you can, everybody sees it on their bill, NICOR, Peoples, and Amron customers, and that um, has been a big problem for customers in recent years. Well, wh- what's the Illinois Commerce Commission doing? I mean, don't they have to go before the ICC and, and say, here's why we're charging these ungodly delivery charges and and that is that is that is also another part of it is is that there's also there's this quick charge but also um nicor for example has gotten 500 million dollars in rate hikes they've raised delivery rates by 77 percent since 2018 now um just recently last year they got a 240 million dollar rate hike the largest gas rate hike in illinois history now we fought that case and other consumer advocates fought that case we got it reduced. Uh, we helped get it reduced along with other consumer advocates by about 50 million. 
but still they got this, this huge rate hike. So, you know, um, we always, in those cases, like you asked Judy with the Illinois Commerce Commission, we always urge the Illinois Commerce Commission, you know, to reduce those uh, rate hikes as much as possible. We fight like heck uh, to reduce them. But, um, you know, in recent years, the spending, the breakneck pace of spending by these companies has just been ridiculous. And now we're with the supply prices high this winter, there's no camouflaging it. You know, this is causing real hardship for customers. And so we're hoping the General Assembly uh, can rise to the occasion and pass a bill to get rid of that charge. Uh, Jim Chilson is the communications director at Citizens Utility Board because, you know, this is a it's an odd relationship. Is it fair to say when you're talking about utilities? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that NICOR Gas, for example, is in business to do business, that that, that they are a, a for profit industry. And you know what? Uh, why wouldn't they want to charge more? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, they, those are all the regulatory things that you go through with that. But it's always struck me as a bit of a um, of an odd relationship with at least the state and regulatory agencies where mm-hmm. it's not like NICOR is losing money. Do, do you know what I no. mean? I, I, yeah. I was just looking at their stock price. They're doing fine. You know, this isn't what well, we need. to We need to add a surcharge because uh, we're going to have to close up shop. That's that's exactly our point is that, you know, the, the gas utilities say, well, we need that money to maintain our system. And what we say is that for decades, you've been maintaining your system under state law. You're supposed to keep your system safe, you know, and and up to date. Um, and you've been doing it for decades without slapping customers with an extra surcharge. So all mm. we're talking about with this law is that it would just this surcharge allows them with lax regulatory oversight it allows them to raise bills more quickly without having to go through a traditional you know right. 11 month rate case so what we're just saying is let's get all that under traditional regu- the traditional regulatory system you know let's slow down the spending and let's let's put more regulatory oversight over that spending yeah, it's it strikes me kind of like it, it's not a rate hike, it's a fee. Yeah, it's a delivery <laughs> oh, charge. It's a resort <laughs> fee that you get for your gas. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, Jim, continue to fight the good fight, please. Thank you, and everybody can go to CubHelpCenter.com. You can actually take action there and send a message to your legislators, and we've got great information about energy efficiency and how to cut your bills. CubHelpCenter.com. You got it. Ten four. He uh, again, Jim Chilson, the communications director at Citizens Utility Board. But uh, I mean, it's like everything else. They're just adding uh, again. It's not a rate hike; it's a fee. Right. It's a utility, <laughs> by the way. That's it's their job. They they shouldn't yeah. make a profit. They just they have are a for profit company. You can, we can trade it on the stock exchange. I mean, they're, they're, you know, Nikor. If you don't like paying for gas, go ahead and heat your house with electric. You have choices. It's yeah. for profit. Mm-hmm. Right, right, light of fire. The electric <laughs> right? bills aren't any better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, exactly. I'm not arguing. I'm just saying. Good morning to you. There's Judy. It's Bruce, and uh, we have a, a new study out there. Can you imagine this? Now, I want to. I want to. You know, let's preface the study comes from OlderWomenDating.com. So they've already kind of uh, they've telegraphed their punch a little uh, of where they're going. I'm not saying that it's confirmation bias, but they found that 60 percent of younger men fall for mature women. Well, duh. Why wouldn't they? I, I I don't even know how to respond to that. Let's think about 
how many men date younger women, right? Why is it so odd? Why are we always so, and we're called cougars, by the way, if we date younger men. But you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, men? it's certainly more acceptable. Yeah, well, totally I more say acceptable. acceptable. It's not look well, but there is a there is a a, a, um, a gap. Like there is a certain number of years that we say, "Oh, is an older guy dating a younger woman?" Okay, but when they're forty years difference, we even don't worry. Everybody looks at it and goes, "Okay, hold on a second. I think right. we've we've gone too far now." Really? With oh, guys yeah. dating younger women? Yeah. Mm, I God, think there's some just... rock star out there I just saw. He's like 68 years old. He's engaged to a 22-year-old. I'm like, yeah. mm-hmm. seriously? What's it? Who's Mick seriously? Jagger married to now? Exactly. I was just thinking about Mick Jagger because I didn't he just have a kid? Uh, he's churning them out yeah, like it's going to so I just feel like we just, you know, we might stop and go, huh, but we don't really care. But then you have a younger man. You know, dating an older, and by that I mean older, twenty years, twenty years, twenty plus. Okay, yeah. it people are like, "What is up with her?" That's, that's, a, that's a sugar mama. I gotta, I gotta get me one of those. All right, she's my sugar mama. All it's right, just, we're it's we're not. It's so funny how it's we're not used to it. Yeah, it's it's okay for men, but not for women. And I say, enough with that. Yeah. I I got I found myself getting into trouble, and I'm going to dig a hole now anyway. So might as well. We've already started down the path. I, when I was like eighteen, nineteen, my girlfriend—I had a girlfriend uh, uh, in college and whatever—and she's like six years older than me. And like my friends were like, "Dude, <laughs> nice. really? Exactly. Noise, noise, noise." So what was that like? You know, like like she can rent a car. Yeah, oh my God. I mean. I, 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 Look at that! You got to be well, twenty-five. Rent a car, she can drink. Does yeah. she got a credit score? Yeah. Oh my god! You know, but, and what was that? Six years? How, yeah, how like many? about seven. She was, really, yeah, but she was now, probably like twenty-five. That. I was eighteen, nineteen, yeah. somewhere mm. in there. My, my problem is, no matter how old I got, I just still liked twenty-five-year-olds. I just got to a, <laughs> a there was an age that I just kind of liked that age, and it didn't make a difference how old I was. The twenty-five-year-olds I thought mm. were kind of cool to hang out with. Well, and it's I think it's much more acceptable too when you're eighteen. That's like. Whoa, like you said, that's Whoa. unusual. No but ice. if you were 42 and your girlfriend was 50 or vice versa, that's not... That's when you not get that older, big a deal yeah. then. No, no, no. When you yeah. get older, the, the What's range the age? Wait, 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 so what is the, the tipping point? What, what is the age where the gap doesn't matter as much? 35, 40? Like, then all of a sudden, yeah. then all of a sudden six, I, seven yeah, year difference, closer together, big right? whoop, yeah. right? Why is it? Because I think when you're 18, you're just... You're oh, yeah. kind of crazy, right? Yeah. And then if you're dating, if you're 18 and you're dating a 30 year old, that's, I mean, that's that, huge. I couldn't even imagine something yeah, like that. That's, that's huge. Yeah, that is. But unreal. if you're 30 and you're dating a 45 year old, eh. I, I have my, I have a brother in law who, they're, and his wife, they're a huge age difference. Early on, it was. Eh, now, how big, how big an age difference? Like 17 years. Oh, okay. But now yeah. it's. We don't even think about it, and he's quite a bit older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now, I mean, so now you're when you're fifty, that person's almost seventy, right? Seventy oh, wow. years, right? Yeah, I, wow. I, you're right. Yeah. yeah, they stay the same age. Yeah, but yeah, you know what? I literally 60, live by that adage for quite some time. Sixty's the new forty, so there's that. Yeah, mm. college I mean, sophomores stay the same age. It's just they never change. It's amazing. I mean, my parents were fourteen years apart. Fourteen, that's a pretty big. Fourteen years apart. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot. So when and how old were they when they got married? My mom was twenty-seven. Wait, who's the older one? My dad. Well, of course. And my, I'll tell you what, my grandmother not pleased. 
He, with he was the a, age gap? Yeah. He was a divorcee. <gasps> 14 year what? age gap. Already had a couple of kids. No. Oh. The yeah. scandal. The scan. It really was. <laughs> the they scandal were freaking of it all. out. You think some Irish family. You don't Italian think we're getting married in, in a church. church. You yeah. better get that out of your oh, head. They were not. They wanted to get. Couldn't get married in the Catholic church. Yeah, of course. Because not. my dad oh, wouldn't no, annul he, the previous marriage. Yeah. He's you know? already married. Can't get married twice. No. Wow. Oh. So. Yeah. complications. Yeah. It's. It's yeah. I think that's that was then. This is now. Nowadays, yeah. It's, it's more, I, so I would argue much, that yeah, yeah. it's certainly more acceptable for women. I mean, I I, I get me say. I guess I can understand on some level. Back in the olden days, sure. back in the nineteen hundreds, for example, <laughs> when um an older man was seen as when when women weren't as big a part of the workforce, maybe they weren't going to college, that an older man was seen as like established, a provider. This is put a roof over your head and that a younger woman was looking for something like that. And maybe that's where you got, you know, an 18-year-old getting married to a 25-year-old, you know, mm-hmm. and you might say, well, pretty decent age gap. Yeah, but back then, what, what are my prospects? I'm not going to marry a 16-year-old, yeah. all right? The guy's got a paper route, for Christ's sakes, you know? I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. But those dynamics have changed a lot, and women can be just as successful. Again, I need to find me a sugar mama. I mean, you just <laughs> Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. Yeah, there you go. Go back to the movie. I mean, that was scandalous, right? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I want to be. She was her. old enough to be his mother, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. if you look at it like that. Yeah. Does that study say anything about at what age men then trade in for a younger woman? Because I think that kind of... <laughs> when the okay, your wife yeah. is listening. Nick, your wife well, listens to this show well, every single morning. Well, Good morning. <laughs> well, let me just point out, too, the, how much how much older we are in the world's changing. I used to introduce myself as Mrs. Robinson, and many times, most times, the young man got it. Nowadays, no, I can't that was your pickup anymore. line, Judy. Well, yeah, it worked. Hey. It worked. Hi, Sometimes handsome. Nick. But there's well, also would ask something. Me, What's your name? And I would say, uh, Mrs. Robinson. Sh- <laughs> shout out to Paul on the Facebook who makes a point, and and this is a fair point because I think I might fall into some of this. And he said, for example, he goes, I'm 61, but going on 12. He goes, my girlfriend is 67, going on 90. <laughs> you know, he, goes, he goes, there is something about kind of where you are. Do you know what I'm saying? Some people act their age. Some people act younger. Some yeah, people act, sure. act older. Yeah. I've never been accused of acting my age. I've, I've been, <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. Maybe someday, uh, but it is not today. Hey, good morning to you. A happy Tuesday. We're going to jump into the 7 o'clock hour. Take a look at the big stories people are talking about. A winter storm Warning is in effect for the Chicagoland area. Heck, the whole, the whole region could be seeing rain, followed by some pretty significant snow, maybe a dozen inches, Judy. A new COVID subvariant detected at Northwestern Medicine in a Chicago resident. Chief Medical Officer Jeffrey Copin will be joining us this hour to discuss the ramifications. The uh, U.N. Security Council met yesterday and Russia and the United States traded accusations over Ukraine. The tensions are ratcheting up. They're not simmering down. Uh, Speaking of simmering down, uh, should the city of Chicago be concerned? Um, How serious should we take maybe some of the planned protests to the release of former Chicago cop Jason Van Dyke. Yeah, he is uh, scheduled to be released uh, Thursday after serving about three years. Um, 
And yeah, the city probably should take it seriously, right? Um, there are already, you know, there is already word of a protest that there will be a protest for sure. Just how far it goes. Um, organizers also pushing for a CTA shutdown ahead of the release. So something the city has to contend with. Um, you know, he, he was supposed to serve, I think, eight years maybe, but got off for good behavior. Got out and, early. Yeah, it's a lot not, of people do. Yeah, I mean, it's not so unusual. This is what to happens. To get out early? To get out yeah, early for good behavior. And I, I don't know. I tend to look at the... Uh, the Van Dyke imprisonment as, you know, at least he went to prison. At least, you know, this to me opened up everything, opened a lot of eyes, opened, you know, led to a lot of reforms. William Calloway is a community organizer. If Jason Van Dyke is released, this would set us back years upon years upon years of all the work that we have done. It would be for naught. So here's my my See, my I don't issue. Agree with that. I don't why, agree with why, it either. How is it going to undo anything? And and here's the thing: you can't keep moving the goalpost. Uh, do you do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Van Dyke was found guilty. He was sentenced to prison. And unless you can tell me that he received some sort of preferential treatment in being released early, unlike many other people that are released early, well, then that's the system that we have. The system worked in mm-hmm. that sense. Right. Okay? Sense. He wasn't He wasn't found guilty of first-degree murder. He didn't get life without parole. And then they just, you know, well, we're just going to let him go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there is a system in place. And when he was sentenced to his 81 months, Anybody who paid attention to it should have known, you know, you serve, you can serve about half of that and get out, which is about where he's at. Right. So, so I have a problem with the idea that somehow justice wasn't served. No, no, it was served. Justice was served. Perhaps social justice wasn't served enough for a lot of people. But that's a different matter. Well, but that's well, not him staying in prison isn't going to isn't going to further change that. that. No. What happened further that? This whole, you know, everything from the moment Laquan McDonald was shot to what happened to Van Dyke going to prison, that all served to jumpstart this whole movement. Think I, about that. I mean, cops going to jail? Unheard of. Right? Yeah, that had he not gone he had to, to jail. Be like, right. In the Serpico, you had to be way off the reservation, you know, to to even even be anywhere near something like that. And so, I think people are just there. Not enough has been done, and I get that on that social justice front with the police. With I mean, a lot has been done, not nearly. But enough. you mean with the entire police force? With the entire police force, but they force shouldn't put every, that on Jason Van Dyke's right, sentence. Exactly, him going, him staying in prison. It's just, it's not going to, it's not, what are they, so, people going to work harder at it? No, it's, you know, get past that. He did his time. He served. I, it's, it's to me, didn't serve enough time. I agree. That's the way it is. That's our justice Right, but system. would there be any, I, and I guess here's my, my issue with some of the people that, that are, there's planned protests uh, on, on the CTA. They're talking about a shutdown, uh, potentially. Would we be having the same discussion if he'd served all 81 months and he was getting out. Would they be just as upset that he was ever getting out? But the reality is, he was not sentenced to life without parole. Right. He was not sentenced to death. He was always out. He was always mm-hmm. going to get out. The only question was when. Yeah. And their thing is, well, he's getting out. Yes, he's getting out. The day he was sentenced, we knew he was getting out. Yeah. Well, and there's this whole uh, federal, um, the federal charges, too, yeah, that that's people are upset about. Uh, I don't really, I- I'm not. 
I'm not up on that. I don't. I don't uh, know where that yeah, is. Yeah, it was federal civil rights charges. They're calling they, for right. federal hate. They right. want the feds okay. to jump in on this, and and you know, uh, uh, some Again, of the legal people to, out there say that's that's a, a long shot. Yeah, yeah. that's so, a tough one. Mm-hmm. And I especially mean, to come in three years later. And call, yeah, now that he's getting out to try to keep him back, you know, try to keep him behind. Yeah, bars take him out of this jail doing. and put him in no. a federal yeah. jail. Yeah, Nick? And the, really, the only course of rea- the only recourse now would be for the family of Laquan McDonald mm. to file a civil suit, right? Once right. he gets But out. that would I mean, not be. Really, that's where you take yeah, it. Yeah, they from would here. go with a civil suit, and that would not be jail time. That would be a monetary damage in some way, shape, or form. That's right. right. Like Make with OJ, remember? OJ, right. OJ was found guilty. Yeah. Remember? Mm-hmm. He not guilty yeah. go to jail, guilty as in he was responsible for the deaths yeah, of right. Nicole and uh, Ronald Goldman, I got his name right, and uh, was supposed to pay money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that that was a that, civil. In that, that was, case, that was like the most justice they could hope for, right? Right, that was in the best case, case scenario. He right. was found guilty, the police officer, and he went to prison. And I got to think it was And wasn't, he's not going to be a police officer and, you know, again. Being a I police mean, officer in prison isn't fun. Okay. I mean, I feel, you know, and I hope it wasn't fun. I hope it was anything but fun for him. But I mean, I, you know, in three years, yeah, it's, you know, probably not the best. But it is what it is. Served his time. Everything worked the way it was supposed to under our criminal justice system. Yeah. I just I, don't understand how. I mean, if people right. want to protest, that's fine that it wasn't enough. But if it, protesting a beyond that because he's getting out, no, because everyone knew this was coming. That's the other thing. Why everyone seems surprise. like shocked? Yeah, they informed Laquan's family, who, as I recall, Nick, he didn't have like immediate family, right? A lot of I mean, I feel like he was. No, I think it was largely aunts. Yeah, he uncles, was not a ward of the state, but he uh, he was on his own. It was like kind of extended family. But regardless, they informed the family that this was going to be happening. Is nothing's a surprise here. Nothing's nefarious. He's just going to be let out. And, I, and he's I, never going to be a cop again. I think no. that's the main takeaway. Exactly. Is, is he's not going to be His livelihood is over. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's he going to do? Um, and, and, again, I haven't seen anyone make the accusation that his time off for good, uh, good behavior or his early release is unusual. Because they're, they, you know, the, the the state of Illinois, the 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 corrections department, Illinois Department of Corrections, has a, uh, it's a it's a mathematical uh, uh, thing, and if right. and if you are, everybody's treated the same, right? Sure. If you are a, uh, I'm reading from the IDOC, for, okay, right, right here. If they behave, they will serve. Roughly half of their sentence. The defendant will get seven and a half days of good time credit per month. So assuming you, you, you if you got a 10 year sentence, you would serve, you know, between five and seven, depending on your time off for good behavior. So it's not unusual and it's not bizarre. It strikes me that the issues they have are more of the systemic problem with the city of Chicago police department, but they want to pin it all on just that one officer who went to jail. And uh, um, they might be a little misguided in that. And a good morning to you.
You don't even need to bundle up today. It's like a warming trend. It's 36 degrees outside. High atop downtown Chicago. And by high atop, I mean the sixth floor of the NBC Tower. Bruce and Judy with you right now. But the weather is going to be changing. Uh, and unless you are a masochist, uh, it will be changing for the worse. Joining us right now is Ray Stajic. He's the senior radio meteorologist at the Weather Channel. Ray, good morning to you. Bruce, good morning. And I guess I fall under that. What is it? Masochist, yes. Yeah, yeah, give me cold and snow year-round, and you got me. Well, it's it's not even snow right away, right? Because here in the Chicagoland area, it looks like we're going to get some rain just so we get a nice ice base, and then we can put the snow on top of it? Isn't that going to be lovely? (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't wrong then, you're saying. No, no. You're never wrong, Bruce. You may not always be right, but you're never wrong, right? Yeah. We go from rain to maybe a little bit of mix of sleet and some freezing rain, and then snow mixing in later today towards 6 or 7 o'clock, and then by this evening and overnight, it's accumulating snow on top of all that wet and ice and garbage, and then it gets to 20 degrees tonight, and it is going to be slippery. No matter what it starts as, it ends up as snow. There's no question about the precipitation type as we go through later tonight and during the day tomorrow, especially early. The question is when we get into, you know, the how much piece of it. And that's really all everybody wants to know. Sure. Gonna snow. You know, Bruce, does anybody say to you when there's going to be a good rainstorm, hey, Bruce, how much rain did Ray say we're going to get? <laughs> <laughs> it's only when it snows. Only yeah, when it snows. Well, we, Ray, we don't have to shovel the rain, okay, but we've got to shovel the snow. So I want to know, is this officially a snowmageddon? Ooh. I just like to say that word. Um, I'm not going to put it in the snowmageddon category. Oh, come on. No what, what, what does okay. it take with you? I am going to, I'm going to say snowmageddon because I think we have softened over the last decade oh. in terms of what we can handle in terms of snowfall and what we can't. Now, I don't want to go into the back when I was a kid days, <laughs> but I will. And I'm going to pull and I'm going to play that card because a six-inch snowstorm, which it looks like for the city of Chicago, this is going to be. Six inches. In my book of phrases here, as I get out snowmageddon, it doesn't say snowmageddon to me is when you get to 12 to 18 inches of snow. Six inches to me is plowable but manageable. That's what I like to call this storm. Well, you're a plowable real man. Yes, plowable but manageable yeah. on the way. He's Ray Stajic, the senior radio meteorologist at the Weather Channel. So why are some of these, um, uh, these, and I've never really heard this before. The I guess I'll use the term computer models because I've even I've seen multiple people talking about this, saying, "Well, our models say we could have upwards of 20 inches of snow, but we don't think that's real." Well, why are we all arguing with what it says it's going to be? Well, I hope nobody's listening that's important in the government because my personal opinion is these models shouldn't even allow to be go out beyond three to five days. Oh. Because you go back a day or two, if you go back a day or two, it would give you a hint that says, okay, snow is coming, but it should stop there. And then when it starts spitting out amounts, a day or so ago, 12, 18 inches of snow is what some of these models were saying. Now it's backed off and backed off, um, I would say, by about 50%. So we're down Mm -hmm. to probably, um, let's say, from about um, Interstate 88 and Point South, so Aurora, Naperville, City of Chicago and Point South, a four- to eight-inch snow event with some double digits further south-south of Joliet and into northwest Indiana, where earlier in the week it may have been a six- to 12-inch forecast or even higher 
right. for some. But now that's all shifted south. The same okay. thing happened further up the chain, too, where the snow totals have gone from the highest totals up in the northwestern part of the northeast end of England, who missed the last storm, but now it's starting to shift further south. So the further out you go, that's really the message. Fair here. enough. You know, you go three, five, six days out, you know, there's going to be a lot of variability. Now we're starting to home in. We're 24 hours or less out from the event. That's the best time to get snow totals, 24 to 48 hours out. Probably even 36 is probably better. And, Ray, how uh, how much of this is, is so dangerous just because of the timing? That's what it, you know what I mean? Aside from the mm-hmm. inches we're going to get, it's when it occurs, right? During rush hour? Yeah, yeah, I think rush hour this afternoon is going to be wet, and then maybe on the tail end of it. So if you're coming home by, let's say, 6 to 8 o'clock tonight, and you start to see temperatures get down close to freezing, just take a little extra caution, as I think we'll be okay during most of rush hour today. It's overnight tonight, and tomorrow morning's commute is where I have the most concern. I mean, it's not going to be pretty tomorrow afternoon with more snow showers, uh, windy and cold weather, too. So it's going to be tough to clean up. Even if they get material out on the roads, whether it's salt or calcium chloride, or if they're even using beet juice or grape juice or whatever kind of juice they use. <laughs> Pickle. Um, you know, Pickle. It's, it's still going to be tough to clean up at 22 degrees. Wow. Okay. Ray, appreciate your insight into this, and I think a lot of people hanging on your every word, sir. All right. Well, best of luck to me, then. <laughs> no pressure. He's Ray Stajic, Senior Radio Meteorologist at the Weather Channel. As, as it's, uh, Listen, I, I don't think we're at Snowmageddon. Don't get me wrong, but it strikes me that, and even Ray made the point, that it's the combination of weather. It's how it's going to happen. Because there's still a lot of snow piled up, uh, you know, uh, parking lots. Or, uh, oh, it's yeah. in the corner. It's on the side of the road in places. Now we're going to add rain. Then some freezing rain, so you get that nice base layer nice sheen. of ice, and then you get six inches of snow on top of that. That that strikes me as kind of like the worst case scenario. I think that's more concerning than six inches of snow on its, right. on its own. Right, and as Ray said, he's already downgrading the snow inches a little bit, which is good. Yeah, but uh, you some know, of them we can't all, twenty we, to thirty we can't inches. Can't be raised though. Six inches. He's like, ah, come on, wow a ball. Come no. on. All right. And six inches in is snow. a lot of snow, especially because we have so much snow on the ground. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to predict, and I'm going on a little Okay, here we go. There will be no school tomorrow, right? They're going to have to cancel <sighs> school. I mean, the legislature canceled. I'm, yeah, they're, they're, well, they're a bunch of, yeah, they're a bunch <laughs> they're of They're looking for the excuse. <laughs> but, but, well, yeah. Nick, because I'm thinking of the buses. You know, I'm thinking that they're, yeah. if they're the travel. It's not if so it's, much. If roads are slippery, yeah, you don't gonna, want school buses right. on them, right? So I think people just have to prepare. You know, parents have to just think about that. Because, I mean, well, if you haven't heard These about kids this. kids today. The, how, but can we just point out, by the way, get off my lawn. And secondly, you know, they find out that there's no school, like by text message. Yeah. Okay. How many, how many, how about this? Some of you might remember we had to watch the television and there was a scroll on the Mm -hmm. bottom of the screen. It's like watching the NBA draft, you know, to try to figure out where your school was. And before that, you had to turn the radio on every morning and they would read the list off. And if you had like, you know, the spring hill for me, I'd go to the, get to the asses for goodness sakes to find out if I was going to school. I used to read those lists. How dumb were we? I guess we were obligated to read every school, but are you kidding me? It was ridiculous. And, if you missed years, you're like, oh, and this for thing God called sakes. the internet was invented. Oh, Thank goodness. Yeah, I'm still watching this. And scroll. we used to have uh, calling trees as well when mm-hmm. I was a parent. So. My mom would wake me up at yeah. six o'clock in the morning. Hey, Tom. Tom, what? No school. Okay. 
<laughs> oh, no. I'd be like, I'm running out the front door. I barely had my shoes on. I wasn't wearing a jacket yet. Like, you got to get dressed. I'm like, it's snow, for God's sakes. Oof. Hey, good morning. Happy Tuesday. Enjoy it while you can. Uh, as you might have heard us speaking about it, the weather is going to take a turn for the worse. Unless, again, you're a masochist like Ray Stajic, and you think of freezing rain and uh, multiple inches of snow is awesomeness. All right. Uh, Bruce and Judy with you right now. And one of the big headlines coming out, and, and dare I say what I think is going to be kind of a uh, recurring theme is, Stop me if you've heard this before, but an Omicron subvariant has been detected in the state. I, I get a sense that we're just going to have to kind of get used to the idea that there's always going to be something new coming down the pike. To help us make some sense of it, maybe understand it better, is Dr. Jeffrey Copen, and uh, he's a chief medical officer at Northwestern Medicine in uh, at Lake Forest Hospital. Good morning, Doc. How are you? Good morning, Bruce. How are you? So far, so good. So tell me what we know about uh, subvariant BA.2. We're going to have to come up with a better name for that, by the way. You know, by the way, isn't it amazing that we're even having conversations like this, right? I mean, yeah. two years ago, what did we know about viruses other than they could cause the cold, yeah. right? And now we're talking about subvariants of a new variant. And maybe there's another subvariant after the subvariant. Right? I mean, we've all become virologists. Yes, there is it that. It really is extraordinary. It and, is extraordinary. You know, I think your point is exactly correct. I mean, we're going to be hearing about these kinds of things for the foreseeable future. Um, and it's good that we're getting used to it. So what happened was, you know, we know about this Omicron thing that sure. took the world by storm. Right? Think about when the first time we heard about Omicron we were all sitting down for Thanksgiving dinner, remember? Wow. Not that long ago. Not that long ago. And, you know, it became the, the dominant type of um, COVID-19 throughout the world. Obviously created big problems here in the United States. And now what's been discovered, first in Denmark and in the U.K., and yesterday the announcement that um, we found it in Chicago, is a subvariant of a variant, and this shouldn't surprise anybody. Vi this virus likes to mutate; it likes to change, and this is a change in the virus that actually took in the U in the UK and in Denmark, and probably will start here. And we're going to be hearing more about it, and it's going to it's going to cause more infections. I don't think there's any question about that. Well, calling it a subvariant, what does that mean, though? I, I for some reason when I think of the word subvariant i feel like it's less dangerous is that true yeah well uh, so uh, these viruses it gets so complicated right so first of all what is subvariant let's think about a family tree that's the best way to to understand this so from the family tree of what we know is covid-19 we've been we've had the alpha and the beta the Delta, the Omicron, right? These are all cousins. Think about it. These are all your first cousins, right, who you really never want to see on holidays. That's kind of what's going on with this family tree. And then within the Omicron part of the family tree, we now have a second cousin once removed, which is this BA.2. 
that we have out there. It appears based on the Danish experience experience to be a bit more infectious than its first cousin, the original variant of Omicron. But thankfully, and this is the really big important thing, our vaccines still work against it to keep us from getting sick, really sick. And it doesn't appear to cause bad illness Mm -hmm. compared to the original Omicron. So that these are really important things to understand. So Judy, I think the way you're saying it, you know, it sounds like it's it's like less bad maybe. That's probably true. And that so I don't think we have to worry and cower in the corner that there's something out there that's just gonna cause huge issues for us. It's hopefully the opposite. Dr. Jeffrey Copen is the uh, chief medical officer for Northwestern Medicine Lake Forest Hospital. So I have a question, and, and, uh, you know, uh, as we all become virologists, is it typical or standard or normal for variants to be less deadly, dangerous, or is it a roll of the dice? Yeah. Um, the answer is yeah. <laughs> no, no, sir, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, let, let's think of it this way. If a variant were to wind up being really virulent, you know, the virulent variant, oh. and people who got it got really sick despite vaccines and, God forbid, died, right? Mm-hmm. What would happen then with that variant of the virus? It wouldn't be able to propagate. It wouldn't be able to spread. Because the people who were infected with it would be in no position to spread it to anyone else because they all got so sick, right? So what usually happens with viral, with, with viral endemics and pandemics like we're in right now is the virus will mutate, become more infectious, but less virulent so it can spread, doesn't cause as terrible disease. And then people, humanity, develop immunity against it. We go from pandemic to endemic. It just becomes another virus that we have to deal with because we now have immunity and we get on with our lives. So, Doc, are you, are you, are you saying that, like, the virus, and I just want to understand this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to use a term. It's like an alien. If it kills the host, it can't keep going. So it, it doesn't necessarily, for it to continue on, it needs to be less lethal. Totally. Very well said, Bruce. That's, that's right. That's exactly correct. It's like an alien. You know, we think back to those, those movies from like 20, 25 years ago, the alien movies. Yes. Right? Now, if all you are, you know, it's a parasitic creature and it uses you and once it breeds, it kills you, it's gonna, it, it can't keep, it can't keep growing. It can't keep spreading. So that's what happens with viruses. And we are now in the process, humanity now, over the last two years, is in the process of learning how to coexist with the COVID-19 virus, the the SARS-CoV-2 virus. That's what's going on. And um, hopefully Omicron is a huge step in that direction where we have developed lots of immunity between natural infection and very importantly, the vaccinations that we've gotten. This immunity is going to carry us through this Omicron surge. Mm-hmm. And what, I, what I'm personally hoping is going to happen is any other new variants that come out will not be virulent. They won't be as infectious. We will have the, the baseline immunity. 
and we're not going to have a pandemic anymore. That's what we have to hope we're living through right now. And I think we're going to understand a lot more over the next couple of months, whether indeed that is what's happening. Because if we go back to your family tree, it's like Omicron had the baby, right? The other ones did not. But are there going to be more cousins or more babies? <laughs> Twice removed. <laughs> Yeah, let's hope let's hope that those cousins that appear and they will, we're gonna see more cousins. Let's just hope that they're totally forgettable cousins. Right? That, cousin, Perfect. that cousin you have in Tulsa, Oklahoma that nobody knew about. Nobody knows. You know, who kinda shows up for a couple hours and then disappears. Yeah. Let's hope that's let's hope that's what we're gonna have going forward. Cousin Eddie, I think it's a heck of a deal. Hey, Doc, thank you for your time today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Everybody have a good day and take good care. Here, here, Dr. Jeffrey Coven, uh, Chief Medical Officer for Northwestern Medicine, Lake Forest Finally Hospital. a doctor I can understand. There you go. Hey, good morning to you. A, uh, a happy Tuesday, Bruce and Judy. Producer Tom, shh, your mouth is in here as well. And you know what? We find out that the average person makes a variety of excuses over the course of their day just to get out of doing things whether it's personal, whether it's at work, that we are all in the habit of basically coming up with reasons why we don't want to do things. And apparently we've all gotten, well, I should say this, some of us are good at excuses, others, we can see right through them. Mm, Might be a nice yeah. way to put it, right? I've been using the excuse of I don't feel well for like 15 years, so I'm yeah. probably at my limit because since I had a major illness, that was always a good one. You can get I, out of things. Well, I'm talking 15 years later. Oh, I still, yeah. Yeah, but people who don't know anything about it would say, well, well maybe, maybe it lingers or something. Right, know. yeah. Or they wouldn't, you know, well, because I had that illness, I'm still Constantly. affected by, you know, the north winds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, that's how ridiculous I can get oh sometimes. God. No, but yeah. you know, aside, okay, we all know that one. Per- hold on, there's that one person out there. Like when the weather changed, you're like, uh, oh, okay, my, uh, my, uh, my shoulders starting right? to freeze up no, on don't me. Think I, used I think that the one. barometric pressure is changing or something. I'm like, I don't. Is that a thing? It is. You can tell when the yeah. storm is coming oh. because your knee starts to hurt. Yeah. My brother has a metal plate in his wrist. I heard he a metal knows. plate. Yeah, and you don't get the aches. He gets he gets I aches hurt in his all wrist. the time. Fair point. When the storms come is when I don't hurt. <laughs> so maybe it's the opposite for me. Yeah, he can tell when it's gonna rain. He really? goes outside. Yeah, he's like he says he can feel like almost a static electricity in his hair. No, in the air, right in his wrist. Wow, it's so weird. I don't. I, I don't I have a good enough him, plate. But... Apparently, mine yeah. isn't. Is I one in my shoulder, and I it's not a good enough one. The there. titanium. Maybe? It is titanium. Yeah. You think that's my problem? It could you be, yeah. set off the um. The, the metal detector. Metal detector no. at the airport. Oh, darn. Really? Titanium. I do every yeah. time. I'm yeah. like, oh, it's my earrings usually. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> although if I, although when they make me go through the uh, uh, the back scatter machine, we stand there like yeah. you're in the oh, phone booth yeah, and that it spins one. around That's what you. I meant. They'll come and they'll touch me and they'll go, "What? Yeah, I got. Yeah, I got. You know, they'll go. We see. They can see it in my shoulder. Nice plate. Yeah, nice play. <laughs> seven screws. Just saying. Ooh, seven. seven. I like that. Mm. Yep, got seven of them. So what are your best excuses, though? It seems like a lot of people, uh, and, and it is, it's a tough one to argue with. I'm too tired. Hey, yeah. we're going out to, I'm too tired. We're going this. And you know what? These days, I think a lot of people are too tired. Yeah. I don't even know if it's a good it's excuse. It's just the reality of it. Days, yeah, right? just it's tired. just COVID. You're done. You're not going anywhere. So nowadays, but before that, I would have to, 
I would have to, you know, work at it a little bit. Get creative. Yeah. Oh, mom's not doing so well. I want to go visit you. Know, yeah. She's out. Didn't your mom die five years ago? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the clever ways to get out. Of, so so let's say, let's say you want to get out of something that you don't want to do. I, I mastered this at a very young age. Okay? Very young age, I learned. If you do something just really bad, they'll stop asking you to do it. So that you can get out of doing things you don't want to do. Hey, you need to go rake the leaves. <laughs> Watch how badly I do this. I got to tell you, yeah, I'll break you from sucking eggs. You're never going to ask me to rake leaves again after you see what I do out there. Or like my children would just play dumb. What? How does the rake work? Yeah, no, what you <laughs> wash? What do you mean wash it? You know, you see that sponge over there and you see the the Dishwashing liquid, yeah, you put it in the works. yeah. No, that's no. there's, there's so a term good. for that. It's called weaponized ignorance. Oh god, that's what that is. Weaponized or, ignorance. An entire life yeah. of it. Thank you. You, <laughs> you wait long enough too. You know. Yeah. Oh, I'll do that. Just keep no, putting they it won't. off. Yeah. And then I can't. You know, I make my bed every day. So I, you think I'm going to leave a a dish in the sink overnight? No Absolutely not. Yeah, I, 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 I can remember having these. Um, I call it battle of wills. Uh, with, with Oma, with my mom over dinner, over things that she would put on my plate that I didn't eat. Mom, you put asparagus on my plate. Yep. We're having asparagus. I go, I don't eat asparagus. Well, you're going to sit there until uh, you do. And I go, mm-hmm. okie dokie. Well, at what, I'm, I'm, I, at no point am I going to eat the asparagus. I'm willing to see, I, do I get to miss school tomorrow? Because I'm not eating asparagus. So how long do you want to play this game? It's a battle of wills. No problem. How late I'm not going to lose. Like in terms of time, like say dinner's at 5, five, five yeah. o'clock. 10 o'clock at night. I'd you, still be sitting you there. You did not. Oh, yeah. Five hours? Yeah, I go. Oh, yep. I don't believe What this. part of not eating asparagus parents, is unclear? The old day, parents in the old days were so, like I would mm. never, I, I would finally, I would negotiate at some point. Yeah, but I, go, I would I go, usually I'm win. I'm not against all. But yeah. I just won't eat the asparagus. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not going to get, uh, you can't leave until you eat the asparagus. Great. Then I'm moving in. Uh, this is where I live now. See, parents today, when you say, I'm not going to eat the asparagus, they would go, all right, they, oh, how about carrots then? You have to eat a vegetable. Okay. So you'd negotiate. But no, back then, like my parents, there are no negotiations. Yeah, something Absolutely about s- not. starving kids in Indiana yeah, or something. They would I be know. like, I, I heard they that. look at you like They're you starving kids in India. Send yeah. them by asparagus. Yeah. Let's go. But if I started to say no to my parents, they'd be like, are you unsure about the roles here? Because let me explain them. Mm-hmm. You, and then you get a smack. You exactly. You are nothing, and yep. I am everything. Yeah. What yep. did my dad always say? Do as I say, not as I do. Oh, that mm-hmm. was his favorite thing. Yeah. But your dog doesn't matter what I'm doing. This is what you're going to do. There was no negotiation, and that's when I was a parent. Now parents like today, I don't even know what they. They might just be like, you don't even have to eat a vegetable. It might my be nephew bad. doesn't eat dinner with the rest of the family. That, he, oh, wow. he orders Uber Eats a lot. Stop it. What? Huh. How old is he? He's now 16. Okay. He hasn't eaten with the family in quite some time. Wow. They're wow. not sure if he even exists anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they just see the bill. He orders his own meals. <laughs> and I was like, believe me, listen, I thought I was, you know, I, I thought I'd, I, I remember standing there the first time I heard that, like your mouth drops open. I go, I'm going to need an explanation of what's going on here. We're sitting down to eat dinner. Where's Ryan? Uh, well, he's downstairs in the basement. What's he doing? Well, he's just, you know. Well, what's dinner. he going to eat? Well, he ordered McDonald's. Did he just wear them down and they let us like, I, I, Yeah, and I was like, be. hold on. Well, and you know me, I was like, 
So I could have ordered McDonald's, is what you're saying. I, I uh, Let me get this straight. Can I go down and eat with him? <laughs> Bruce runs downstairs. Oh, my hey, Lanta. Hey, Ryan, you got any leftovers? You got any fries? <laughs> Check of the headlines is on the way. And, hey, good morning. A happy Tuesday. We're going to jump into our 8 o'clock hour, taking a look at the big stories that people are paying attention to, including a winter storm warning is in effect for the entire Chicago area. We are expecting rain, followed by freezing rain. Followed by, eh, not one, but two rounds of snow before we even get to Friday. Weather is going to be an issue, Judy. And the Olympics begin Thursday, but the third U.S. bobsledder has tested positive for COVID. That competition doesn't get underway until week two of the Olympics, so there is still a chance... They can test negative and compete, Bruce. Former Chicago police officer Jason Van Dyke is scheduled to be released from prison on Thursday. And already there are plans for protests around the community. All right. So sports betting is moving at a a lightning pace. It is amazing where what used to be something maybe a little, uh, you know, I know a guy, a guy... I got a book. I got a guy. You know, to, uh, well, we go to uh, Vegas or Atlantic City and you go to the sports book. Uh, maybe you go to the dog track or OTB, right? To now on your phone, you can bet. We're well past who's going to win the game. You can bet on a variety of things while the game is actually going on. And I really think it's going to, in many ways, fundamentally change how we see sports and how people consume it for lack of better terms right um i don't i have to say when you talk about an on-site sports book yeah it's hard for me to visualize that because i, I i'm not a, a book is just a it's term like LTV. yeah it's but a I term mean, yeah, for the a, bank for lack of better okay, terms but it's a location right it's mm-hmm. you go somewhere you yep. sit in like a a lazy boy. Oh, thank God. Right? Is that because that's what I'm thinking of in Vegas? In Vegas, you got yeah, you have the sports book there. That's a sports book. Yeah. You walk in All and the you, TV yeah. screens are showing. Right. You know, we got we got the trotters on from Hialeah or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And so, well, so the uh, the Bulls and Blackhawks, you know, moving ahead right with the sports book at the United Center. Yes. So that's the other weird thing. It's so it's the sports teams. So, so you know, and, and we got to go go back in the day. Sports teams, all the major leagues, were averse to any talk of betting. Well, yeah, you couldn't bet, I right? remember when we had Jimmy the Greek would give the odds, and then they took the, no, we don't talk about odds anymore. We don't talk about who's the favorite, and you don't mention the, the, the betting line. You, you don't do it. How quickly we went from that to... The official betting partner of the NFL, <laughs> you know, the, right. the the official online sports betting of NHL, like they are now partners in it because they saw the billions of dollars that was being wagered on their games, and they weren't getting any. Yeah, and they want a part of it. Wanted but, a part of it, but you can't. I mean, you can't be a sports team, right? And and have a betting interest? Can oh you? yes, you can. Okay, but see, that's what I—that's what's foreign to me. The because players is an issue. The team, no. That's your Pete Rose situation. The- yeah, but if you're a player and you tell your brother to go bet, a- say, "Hey, I'm gonna," I'm it's gonna- illegal. That is illegal. Okay, yeah. that would be illegal. But who's going to know? I mean, that's but, that's why we <laughs> do it, right? Yeah, only if you get caught. 
I see right at the it's still there. That issue is still there. It's not going away. And it's well, it's going to be easier. And because more and more people are going to have access to the ability. I, and 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 it's not even the winning and losing. Uh, let me give you an example. My my sport. When another one I'm, I'm, I'm pretty involved in is soccer, international soccer. Mm-hmm. There is an investigation currently underway with my team, Arsenal, North London team. About a yellow card. You know, in in soccer, you you behave badly, you get a yellow card, right? There was a large amount of money bet that a certain player was going to get a yellow card in the second half of a game. And it was placed at halftime. And guess what? The guy got a yellow card. The investigation is, did the player purposely go out and do this? Was the referee involved? And just the first time somebody looked sideways at somebody, he gave him a yellow card. But you, they are looking or at suspicious just, betting. It could have just happened. Yeah. But they're looking at it from a, it's pretty suspicious that somebody would put $300,000 down and say, I think that I think there's going to be a yellow card. And, and this guy's going to happen. Because yellow cards are kind of rare, right? They don't happen constantly, no. Yeah. But you could get decent odds on it. And so the concern would be. It's not about throwing the game. It's not because that used to be what it is, you know, or oh, winning. Because there are so many other side bets you can make. All the prop bets. Right. Prop bets are amazing, by the way. I think they're hysterical. Will the guy at halftime make the free throw to win the car? Yeah, how, <laughs> how long will the uh, national anthem go on yes. for? Like they have prop bets in on football. Like, who will get the first interception? They bet on the coin toss. It's oh awesome. my god! It's literally a fifty-fifty shot. There is no yeah. way of knowing. You say that. Uh, good point. Ask Josh Allen. <laughs> he thinks about that. Sorry, I didn't throw it in there. I love it. People go. Josh Allen couldn't done anything more in that game. That Buffalo Bill guy could have called heads. Okay, so at, so at the United Center, they're going to open the sports book. Yeah, they are. And so, and we and Cubs also has one as well that they're planning on. Right. So you're sitting in it. They're going to by doing that, they're going to have a separate area that mm-hmm. you're going to sit in mm-hmm. where you can go bet. You have yes. to go to that area to bet. Okay, not on an app, not on at that's the whole point. It's going to be a physical location at the United Center. Well, and I think the the expansion of that is these um if I'm using the wrong terminology, I apologize. Geotagged where you have to be in the area so you would be able to maybe sit at your seat in the United Center and on the phone using that app because you're you're there, you could then make bets all the way through the game on what's going to happen next, what the score is at halftime, the spread at halftime, uh, uh, who wins the tip off, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and how much will that change what the game is for people? Because here's what I imagine, you know. We're going to keep it with the Bulls, all right? We all understand when a game's coming down the last second and and somebody makes the the three-pointer and it goes in and and everybody jumps around and now gets crazy, right? But can you imagine over the course of the game, some guy fouls another guy, you know, six minutes into the in, – in, and some guy jumps up, yes, I won! You know, like the most random things, people are going to be losing their minds because they just hit on their bet. Right. I think it's going to be really odd when they win. It has nothing to do with winning or losing. Mm-hmm. 
You know, somebody makes a shot or misses a shot, and somebody just g- goes berserk because they just hit on their parlay. And like, is everyone who goes to the game going to be betting now? I mean, mm-hmm. is it like gonna, I'm going to go get a hot dog and I'm place a bet. I'll be right back. I mean, that works for me. I like that. Well, and you can imagine if if the teams are getting a cut. Awesome. We yeah. got your ticket. We got your hot dog and beer. And now we we're going to get our cut, uh, you know, of of uh, everything that you're betting during the game. Maybe they'll even give you an incentive. You get this tier of ticket and you get a free $30 Ooh. bet. Yeah. Oh, they'll do that. Bye, guys. I'm going to go work for uh, the United Center now. Yeah. That's not a bad idea at all. I like where you're going with that. Two tickets, two hot dogs, two beers, and a $30 bet. Right? For you oh. and the kids. You and the kids. <laughs> Bring <laughs> the whole right? family down. It's just, it's, it is what it is, I guess. It's where we're going. Hey, good morning to you. A little even flow. And a happy Tuesday. Bruce and Judy with you. Is college worth it anymore? Has the value proposition, a college degree, gone out the window? 312-591-8900. And what are the reasonable alternatives to college these days? I think you look at things like trade schools, learning a trade, working with your hands. You know, the world's always going to need mechanics, elevator repairmen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. That, that these are good jobs. They're well-paying jobs. It's a skill that kind of once you learn it, they can't take it away from you. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, once you, I have friend, I have a friend that's a, a, a private jet mechanic. Not a bad gig. I'm going to no, throw it see, out there. I would call and, that a master mechanic, right? It's like getting your master's yeah. in school and also getting and he can a go master plumber. almost anywhere in the world and get a job yeah. if you're a jet mechanic, you know, and you know how to work on these and you're certified and qualified. Mm-hmm. And he's never set foot on a college campus. Yeah, you know that old adage, college isn't for everyone, I think is really true in this day and age. But we've been pushing it like it's for everyone for decades. Right. And I think I, maybe the pandemic has kind of slowed that down. You know, people, they're hesitating. It's, it's a big decision now to, with all that money, what it costs to get into college and go to college. And you might not have classes. You might be remote. Your school might close down. I think all that uncertainty has maybe made people hesitate a little bit. And don't forget the other side of the coin. You mm. get a pretty darn good job these days right out of high school making good money making good money yeah. absolutely and uh uh without a doubt you can um you know provide for a family you can have a good living because mm-hmm. i think for the longest time and this is what always bothered me you know who's really good at this is mike Rowe. uh uh mike uh, does tv commercials he dirty jobs is a tv show i think of mike i got a chance to meet him and talk with him and, and i said he'll always be on the vast Bering Sea. He's the deadliest catch. He's the voice of deadliest catch, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but his whole thing is he has a, a, an organization called Micro Works. Get it? Micro Works? Micro Works? And uh, it's about teaching people skills as opposed to trying to send everyone to college. And the, and the concept that we're doing them a disservice by telling them that you're a failure if you haven't attended college, if you don't have a four-year degree, that you somehow failed this this project that's called life, and that's just not true. Yeah, not anymore. It's It really isn't. And, you know, it used to be everyone just went to college. Every, everyone just went because everyone else was going. You know what I mean? It was the thing to do. I With the cost of college, how difficult it is, and, the, you know, the testing standards, I just think people are... 
they're second get you know we're taking a, a second look at it and they're not jumping into it and i think parents because that you know didn't your parents tell you you were going to college oh, you're Young man, you're going to college. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, that didn't happen to me. I wish it had. But that's kind of I how didn't I have was. I have a choice. Yeah. Well, I, there it wasn't even a discussion in my with my kids. They were going to college. I think it's a, it would be a different discussion today in this day and age. And I think kids who just did it because their parents told them to, they're, they're taking a step back and saying, wait a minute. I don't know that I want to do it. I might want that year off. I might want a car. I might mm. want it my own apartment for a while. I also think my it, girlfriend's it, very expensive. Oh God, are they ever? Uh, then I, I, I might, maybe I just spend too much time on TikTok or something. But you know, there's a whole bunch of of young people out there these days with the gig economy. You know, with all the ability, the way that you can get out and start earning money. I, you know, whether it's cryptocurrency, NFTs, being an Uber driver, whatever it is, that you don't have to go anywhere near a college campus. And all of a sudden, you know what? You're, do- you're doing pretty good. Yeah. yeah, you're doing okay. And I think that we haven't been selling that story enough, that there are other ways to success that don't involve going to college and paying 10, 20, 30 grand a year or more uh, yeah. for an education. <laughs> A lot more to get a to get a degree in art history, <clears throat> so that you can absolutely <laughs> do nothing with it. I, I only say art history because I tried to think of the most useless degree I can think of, and I can only tell you that every time I mention art history, I do get the message. I, I get the message on Facebook from a guy who has an art history degree who reminds me that he has his art history degree and he works at Bank of America. So, and I said, do you do you, hey, That's a great I go, do, do you do you do you are you in charge of putting the art on the walls? He goes, "No, not at all." He goes, "But I just wanted to let you know, I did actually get a job, but not because of my art history degree." Cuz I assume a lot of people with art history degrees are just like sitting around. Possibly. My stepsister instructs yoga, you know, with an art history degree? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I I'm sure there's more useless degrees. I just don't know. Well, you know, there was a time not too long ago where companies wanted that. They wanted you to have an English major in this industry, in in broadcasting. You know, in some areas, an art history, that it just shows that you have an open mind, right? You're able to learn really hard stuff. That's what I think about art history. I, I couldn't do art history. You know, it's, it, there are other skills that, that that tells employers about. So, you know why, I've always often wondered, why don't colleges, or do they, also teach the trade skills? Like, does a traditional college have any? Well, SIU has the Aviation Mechanics Program, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Aviation, yeah, you're right. That's a huge program down there. I mean, when people think about that they don't, I mean, go. you can go to college and still do one of those skills, right? Mm -hmm. They also have a regular automotive program there. There you go. You get the best of both worlds. Yeah. Mm-mm. Maybe a little bit cheaper if you just go to a Mike school. in Chicago. Did did you go to college, Mike? Yeah. Hey. Um. So I, I when I got out of high school, um, I went to college for a little bit. High school was never really for me. I actually uh, mm. dropped out early in my senior year and got my JD. Uh, went directly to uh, community college before a lot of the other kids used to give me a hard time. Oh, you got to go to college. Even you know, parents, everybody, you got to go to college. I did it for a year. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. But I wanted to get in the workforce, mm-hmm. so I sold cars. And then I was working in restaurants, and I kind of did some other things, built up my work experience. But for the past five years, uh, I've been doing Lyft. I've been driving for uh, Uber Eats, okay. all these different gigs. Like you were the saying, gig, gig economy, yeah. It pays me well. I don't have to answer to a boss. Oh. And there's a downside of doing your own taxes and all that stuff. 
But the freedom it gives me, you know, I collect Hot Wheels. I get to go to all these different stores, <laughs> explore Wait different neighborhoods. Look, it's really enjoyable for you're me. You're living the and, life, Mike. Yeah, and I got to say, my, you know, my, my dad used to give me a hard time. My mom, too, sure. about not going to college. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm, making, I'm getting close to 50 grand a year, okay? So back off. So, <laughs> Mike, you. Mike no regrets you, Mike. then. Right. I'm totally comfortable with what I'm doing. You're here. Uh, I'm delivering groceries people are happy to see me so it's a nice your uh, own boss nice way to make money yeah you're ahead Maybe of the not game for everybody though right oh, yeah i get it i get it. collecting but hot it wheels should be an option yeah, you know you it should them. always be an option that you shouldn't feel bad about not going to college right and i think we need to we, that needs to be part yeah, of the I discussion think it's changing i think i hope changing. so i hope so Hey, good morning. Uh, happy Tuesday to you and uh, Bruce and Judy with you. I am a, a bit of a connoisseur of hamburgers and chicken nuggets. Those are, uh, there is a food pyramid and that's the base uh, for me. And I throw pepperoni pizza in from time to time. I feel a little crazy. Uh, I have the palate of a 13 year old and that's fine. Um, but I do know a little something about hamburgers, and I'm a big fan of them, which is why I'm so excited to be talking right now to Kevin O'Hare, the owner of the Bad Apple Restaurant. Kevin, good morning to you. Good morning to you. How are you today? I am. I'm better now that I'm talking to you. First off, <laughs> anytime I, you talk about burgers, you feel. Oh, better. I just. I do. I just love everything about them. Tell me a little bit about the Bad Apple, though. What's What's the history behind uh, the Bad Apple uh, Bar, Bad Apple Restaurant? How do you refer to it? So I don't know exactly what we are. You can call us like a, a fancy burger bar, but you know we're a local neighborhood place. I've got 140 beers. Um, whether it's on tap or in the bottle, if you like easy beers, I got you. If you're all fancy, I got you too. We do a proprietary blend from Pat Lafrida, so I get all my meat sent in fresh every week from New York. Oh, wow. One of the only places that does that. And I'm telling you, I'll put my burgers up against anybody in the country, <laughs> and I bet you I come out on top. Here, so. here. Oh, my gosh. Do you have as many burgers as you do beers? So what I do is I've got about 12 burgers on our menu. I do sandwiches. I've got some really cool appetizers and salads as well. But I'm telling you, the, the burger for us is it's at the top without a doubt. You know, it's it's interesting you say that, and you put your burger up against any. There's all these lists, and i got a bunch of them in front of me, the best burger in Chicago, et cetera. You're on all the lists. I mean, you got to be a little bit proud of what you've managed to build there. Oh, absolutely. Every time I walk into the restaurant, I feel good about being there. And every time somebody gets a burger put in front of them, the first thing they do is they start taking pictures and they start sharing it around. And that's how you know you won already. <laughs> well, and where, where did the bad apple come from, that name? It's, it's just, it's been a history there for the last 14 years. It was a number of restaurants. It was actually, uh, it, it was a German restaurant for 30 years prior to that. Um, you know, but it's, it, it's, we're just in a great neighborhood. We've got 14 years there. We've got the best neighborhood around for folks coming and eating our burgers. Uh, and we get quite a bit of word of mouth stuff out there. Oh, I can imagine, especially with the menu you've got. Now, I, I want to give you a chance. Again, we're talking to Kevin O'Hare, the owner of the Bad Apple Restaurant uh, and, and Burger Chef Extraordinaire. Uh, tell me a little bit about, about that meat, the Pat LaFrida Butcher, for people that may not be uh, up to speed on that. What makes that special and unique? So Pat LaFrida is arguably the most famous butcher in North America. He supplies meat to the greatest restaurants in the country. And so what he does for us is we have a proprietary blend from him. 
and there's a little secret that he leaves a little bone dust in the machine when he grinds our beef, and that adds that little extra bit of funk to our beef. Hmm. It's really like eating a steak when you eat our food. So he, he grinds it up, and then we ship it, but we ship it packed in nitrogen so it doesn't oxidize at all. We get deliveries a few times a week, and I'm telling you, you cannot get a better quality burger. We pay for it, and it's well worth it. Wow. Okay, and I got to tell you, yeah, I know, I am too, and I love the names of your burgers. How? Tell me about the Jake and Elwood. All right, so the Jake and Elwood. So we we make everything in house. So it's a malt vinegar onion jam with buckboard bacon. So we you can just stop there. (laughs) You had me at bacon. Yeah, bacon. Bacon's better on everything, right? But we take we take pork shoulder, we cure it ourselves for six weeks, and we make our buckboard bacon. Then we put it in, we put in a few pieces, we mix it with this malt vinegar onion jam, and then we use Cambazola triple cream blue cheese. It is the creamiest, softest, meltiest cheese ever. And then you put a little of the peppery arugula on top. And I'm telling you, that is one of my favorite burgers I have ever eaten in my entire life. And when somebody asks me what to eat or what's the first thing they should try, I always tell them to get that now. Get the Jake and Elwood. I, I, I you know, Judy was talking about the, the name of some of them. And, and you and I, uh, if we're not separated at birth, we'll have to double check on this because I get all the puns. Like, <laughs> is that, is that a good thing? You know, that I, that I, I get where you're going with every rose has its steak. You know, <laughs> I, I get that or the Inigo Montoya. Oh, Listen. That's my Favorite. Oh, look at that. You <laughs> killed my burger. Uh, prepare to die, right? Absolutely. Now, every once in a while, we get some folks that don't understand, and we tell them, and then they say, oh, yeah, now I got you. Now I get it. Now, it's, it, now I want to be honest. It's more than just burgers. You have some other stuff there also at the Bad Apple. I want to give you a chance to brag about some of it. Hey, absolutely. We're one of the few places in Chicago that serves poutine. I saw that. Regular poutine, but like poutine on on National Canadian Poutine Day, we are overrun with people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's damn Canadians are everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they are. And who doesn't love fries with <sighs> gravy? Yeah. But we we put cool stuff on them. I got one with brisket and jalapeno, so it's spicy. What? We've got the Hangover, which is a new version for us. We make a house-made chorizo, which is a whole labor of love in and of itself. We do bacon and a fried egg, and then you get the gravy and the cheese curds. It's out of this world. You're, wow. just, you're killing me today. Yeah. You're just killing me right now, Kevin. I mean, you and are so beat. There's no calories in any None of it. None of it. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, that's, a, that's the trick. You are so we're we're kind of like diet food. <laughs> <laughs> and just so beyond like a burger joint, right? I mean, I love this whiskey and cheese plate. I mean, your oh. starters are awesome. So there are two starters on there, the whiskey and cheese plate and the bone marrow. I didn't care if we sold them. I just wanted to do it because I thought it was fun. Who does a whiskey cheese sampler? So every single week we go out and we pick like these really cool cheeses and then we pair it with the maltiness of different whiskeys. And I thought, boy, wouldn't that be fun? That's something that I would like. You sell one, all of a sudden everybody's got to see what it is, and they go crazy for it, and it's probably one of the most unique things in Chicago. Well, and I love on your menu you say, trust us on this one. You, <laughs> just, you just, have just, to. Yeah, it, just order it. Just don't even ask. Yep. It, it changes every couple of days based on whatever the whim of the of the time is, based on the, the cool cheeses we can find. Wow. Uh, it's, it's really neat. And then that bone marrow. I have chef groups that come in now for our bone marrow, 
It's it's smoked for two and a half hours. We finish it in the oven. We serve buckboard bacon jam, that same bacon I was telling you about. You put a little on the bread with some of that bone marrow. Crazy good. You've you've sold me times ten, Kevin, uh, and you, you're really you're making it difficult this morning already to not immediately start ordering hamburgers. Kevin O'Hare, the owner of the Bad Apple Restaurant. So where can people find you, sir? How many? Uh, make sure that they know exactly where to go. You got it. We're in North Center. We're at forty three hundred North Lincoln Avenue. It's actually the intersection of Cullum and North Lincoln. Uh, you can't miss us. We got a big apple up there. You'll see a bunch of folks having fun. Very neat. <laughs> and satisfied looks on their yeah. faces. Kevin, thank you so much for your time. You got it. Thanks a lot, folks. We'll be by soon. Concern yourself not. <laughs> we are we are coming for burgers. I've never oh had my bone goodness. Marrow. Am I missing oh, in the bone marrow broth. Oh yeah, that's something to go there. And a good morning to you. A happy Tuesday. It's Bruce and Judy, and this just handed to me. Breaking news. You ready for this? Off the teletype? From Tom Brady, uh, foosball quarterback. This is a, uh, to describe it as a lengthy Instagram post would be an insult to lengthy Instagram posts. But let me read you the very beginning of it. I've always believed the sport of football is all in proposition. Uh, if a 100% competitive commitment isn't there, you won't succeed. And success is what I love so much about our game. There's a physical, mental, and emotional challenge every single day that has allowed me to maximize my highest potential. And I have tried my very best these past 22 years. There are no shortcuts to success on the field or in life. Tom Brady then goes on to say, this is difficult for me to write, but here it goes. I am not going to make that competitive commitment anymore i have loved my nfl career and now it's time to focus my time and energy on other things that require my attention he goes on to say a variety of other things so tom brady now has officially retired uh at the age of 62 which a lot of people didn't think he was going to make it that long i gotta tell you uh as an elderly man i think his grandchildren will be playing here pretty soon sure. we can take over for him wouldn't that be nice so yeah how old is he really 40 Three something. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. Elderly. I mean, in the NFL, he's oldest guy. Old. He's oldest guy in the league. I think it yeah. was him and in, in the tackle for the Rams. He could probably go till sixty and still be good. That's the that's scary the thing, thing. Yeah, is so, that you, I mean, I'm glad he's gone. You but... look at the last year he played, and people were talking about him as MVP. <laughs> no, it's uh, crazy. you know what I'm saying. I mean, it, not like his last time. So seven uh, Super Bowl championships, uh, twenty-two NFL seasons. Uh, the the kid from the University of Michigan, Tom Brady, is retiring officially. Uh, from the NFL after it kind of it was leaked over the weekend. Maybe that wasn't the way he wanted to do it. Now he's kind of doing it. Now, let me get this straight. Uh, quarterbacks, unlike rock stars, they don't say, this is it. I'm done. I'm retiring my last concert. And then they, do they ever come back? All the time. Yeah, Brett Favre. Brett Favre, uh, yeah. Brett Favre did, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Yeah, he, he, oh, that's he retired right. from the he Packers. Did. Then he, he showed up for the Jets, for yes, God's sake. Yeah. Then he went to Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but besides him, and that didn't really take, right? He pulled a, he pulled a share, you know, with that yeah. one. And Tony oh O'Brien gosh. retired at halftime of yeah. a game, for God's sake. He's <laughs> probably coming back, for so goodness So I guess the question is, is are we going to see Brady come back? Is he coming back? Because I don't know. Did that really sound sincere? I lost interest while you were reading it i'm sorry i heard a lot well, of white it's tough, noise it's tough to say if he says i you know it requires a big commitment uh, i yeah, i can well, understand that mm-hmm. and I'm if sorry, you wait, know wait, that wait, you it, just can't do that and you don't want to do that anymore how do you come back and say oh now all of a sudden i want to again but hold on that, that that's what he does right he's 
He plays football. Yeah. What is, I don't understand the big commitment part. Oh, I got to commit to $30 million again and, and well, commit to winning I think it stopped being about money for him yeah, 10, long, 15 what's, years what's ago. What's the big commitment? Pre- prestige winning. and winning and giving you know, to win. up his body, you know, and yeah. a lot, all those guys do. Wins. It hurts to get hit. This is Tom Brady. Yeah. I just He gets like, hit more because he can't, wah, he, he, he doesn't exactly have wheels to begin with, you know. He, yeah. he uh. Well, let me uh, come in. I'm sorry, I just. Of all the quarterbacks, I look at his job as being easy. Oh, he's had really? A, well, because he's so good. He's had a pretty cushy okay, so, career. So maybe he made it look easy, I guess. Okay, I, I, that, that, we'll I think, say that. He I think made your, it look your easy, Chicago so Bears have, have shown it's not easy to be quarterback. Uh, the Tom Brady, Mitch Trubisky yeah. era. And, uh, you know, <laughs> That's what I mean. Tom Brady, you know, he's. He's had a pretty good life. Well, he's acting. I'm like, not feeling bad oh, for him. No, the drudgery of this job. Oh, really? I didn't take it like that. He just said, you know, and, and if you see like what training camp looks like, getting into shape, uh, the practices every day, teammates, learning plays, practice, all this, that, and the other, and he just says, well, you know, you got to be into 100. percent I'm not into 100 percent huh, anymore. Interesting. Well, I think I he's get tired of it. You know, to a certain what's extent. What's he going to do next? Oh, cry himself to sleep on a huge pile of money. <laughs> I, I, I think know, right there. with his model yeah. wife. He yeah. doesn't have the charisma to be broadcast, I don't no, think. No, no. Like, he doesn't have the personality. He's, he's got to be number one. He's so. like nails on a chalkboard when he yeah. starts talking. So what? He's, so he's, I'm just trying to envision Tom Brady 2.0. Probably go work at like, I don't know, like a football. Home Locker. Depot? Yeah, Home Depot is like, yeah, the orange smock. TB12, help me find some lumber. Yeah, he's got all these uh, <laughs> business. Maybe he'll coach. He's got these business things. Yeah, I don't think he's. Good players don't always make good coaches, too. That's yeah. another kind of misnomer. You know, the, the you know, Michael Jordan wasn't a very good coach. No. <laughs> you know no what I'm saying? Like, just because you can do it doesn't mean you can teach other people how to do it. So, uh, yeah, he's got all these brands. He's got companies he started. And so I think that's kind of he's going to be more of a businessman. And uh, um, he's got what that TB12 is a, is a thing he does. And maybe he'll open fitness up. And, and nutrition, and yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching for... him now. He's so good looking. Yeah. I hate him. I mean, he's like chiseled you know, yeah. from stone. He has a, a, a he has a chin cleft. I mean, come on. What? Maybe he can be a model. Mm. He wasn't seen like that coming out of college, though. No, he, he was, was hardly a specimen. Yeah. Oh, he was definitely pudgy. He's pudgy. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, oh my God. Oh, yeah. I got to go look at those pictures. He was one of the last. Better bottom. He was, what, what, what round was he drafted in? The, oh, God, like, whoa, he was whoa, there whoa, at the, whoa. It was at the end of the draft. Nobody thought he was a good quarterback. Pretty much everybody had gone well, home. Yeah. 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 He didn't make the TV show. Yeah, no. You know, when they bring you up and they give you a jersey? So oh. even more of a success story. I mean, oh, absolutely. Got, totally, you know, totally. he's achieved everything. He's, yeah. Yeah, you know what? It's a good time to walk off. And it took your buddy Drew Bledsoe going down for him to, hey, uh, man, to know, make it in. Sometimes you got to walk so they can run. There you go. <laughs> well, Tom Brady officially retiring from the NFL. Uh, maybe that's one of the reasons you think we're going to hell in a handbasket. Maybe you Patriots slash Bucks fans are having a sad day. Well, Judy's here to restore your faith in humanity. So, even though that restores my faith, but I'll give you something else to go on. Uh, A little bit more personal here. Live cells found in human breast milk could soon lead to future breast cancer treatments. Research at the University of Cambridge finds that the cells, once thought to be dead or dying, are in fact alive and well. And they could help scientists discover breakthrough treatments for breast cancer. Now, the cells have given scientists clues about early indicators of the deadly tissue of the deadly disease and will also help them understand how breast tissue changes when women breastfeed. 
Less than one quarter cup of breast milk on average contains hundreds of thousands of cells for researchers to study. You can read more in the journal Nature Communications. There you go. Judy, restoring your faith in humanity just like, uh, well, everyone that takes to put the show together does. Real quickly, let me thank uh, MG and the Posse over there in Mission Control. They hit the buttons that make things happen. Our infant producer, Miranda, is on the other side of the double-pane bulletproof glass, making it work over there. We've got uh, our executive producer, executive producer, Tom, shh, your mouth. And coming up next, don't worry, he's Nick Gale with all the news, the traffic, the weather, and the info you need. It's coming up next right here on 890 W. ULS.